0: During Robert Brogdon's the Buick GMC clearance event, save up to 20% on new models like the 2023 Buick Encore GX or GMC Sierra 1500. View their huge inventory at robertbrogdon.com and find your perfect match. Zero's on the
1: clock. It's over. It's over. Chiefs fans, this is the Sports Radio 810 WHB post game show. The Chiefs have won. Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. If you want Chiefs, follow the leader.
2: Sports Radio 810 WHB. Chiefs fans, if you need to pinch yourself, I don't blame you. Because what the Kansas City Chiefs did today is one thing. What they did this season is another. What they have done this decade is un fathomable. Because for the fourth time in the last five seasons, your Kansas City Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl. They survived a regular season that I do not think we will remember as fondly as we have some regular seasons of Super Bowl years in the past. Then they defended their home turf, a frigid arrowhead against Tyreek Hill revenge game back in the old stomping grounds, and then they took this show on the road. They go to Buffalo in the year, or the year after, or the year after the Buffalo Bills were supposed to be the team to vanquish the Kansas City Chiefs. They took it on the road and they came back home again. Then against the team that earned to be clear, earned the number one seat in the AFC, earned the title of the best team in the conference, earned the right to host the Arrowhead Invitational at a satellite campus for one year. The Baltimore Ravens earned it. They put the Chiefs in a spot to come in as underdogs, something Patrick Mahomes never has to think about. They defeat one of the best teams they've had to get through en route to a Super Bowl. And they beat the Ravens in Baltimore. This season culminates with a step still to be had. Forgive me for pushing the Super Bowl that is already two weeks away. Forgive me for holding it at arm's length. Because that will be the final chapter either way. They'll either get another shot. At the San Francisco 49ers. Or they'll get a shot at America's team, the Detroit Lions. But the Kansas City Chiefs are here. And I watched their tight end and the most famous woman in the world share a smooch on the field in Baltimore. Andy Reid is going back again. Patrick Mahomes is going back again. Again. Isaiah Pacheco has brought an energy and a consistency to this offense, at least through that first half that's worth noting. Travis Kelsey's been incredible. Rasheed Rice has potentially saved this this season. But not Mahomes or Reed nor Kelsey nor Pacheco nor Swift nor anyone else I've mentioned so far deserves a greater share of the credit for what this season has been and what this game was today than the Kansas City Chiefs defense led by Steve Spagnuolo. You wouldn't know it if this is the first Ravens game you've watched this year, but that's a really good offense, and that quarterback, that quarterback who just looked like the worst of the analysis of him earlier in his career, a quarterback who had to scramble late and could not seem to find what he needed, that quarterback is about to win his second MVP. Steve Spagnuolo wasn't even nominated for assistant coaching awards this year. This Chiefs defense, understandably, because the superstars are on the offensive side of the ball, as is the case for almost every NFL team. But this Kansas City Chiefs defense has been the supporting cast member for too long. Because in this season... With so many ups and downs and with so many moments that felt like they were going to be the moment where it just wasn't enough. Time and time and time again, this Chiefs defense held and held and held their ground. And then tonight in Baltimore... This Chiefs defense gave you not one, but two turnovers in the end zone. They should have gotten you a safety also, because Chris Jones got tripped in the end zone. That's a penalty. That's two points. But the Chiefs defense, Legereus Sneed, punches the ball out of Zay Flowers' hands Inches before he crosses the goal line, Chiefs recover in the end zone. And then Dion Bush, a safety who the Chiefs chose to upgrade over this last offseason, and understandably Bush was a, a nice player, but Brian Cook took a step up. Mike Edwards was a great signing. Brian Cook goes down late in the year. Mike Edwards goes out last week with a concussion. Chamari Conner has been a revelation back there as another late-round pick, a rookie defensive back who the Chiefs coach up into incredible, incredible play. But it's not any of those guys. It's Dion Bush. Second year with the team, in a position nobody ever really wanted him to be in. But the Chiefs built some depth. They kept some valuable veterans, kept them in good roles. It's a great day for Justin Reed, by the way, as well. I don't want to skip the best safety of the group in the way that we're going through all of this, but it's about the depth here. Dion Bush brings it in in the end zone. The first half, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in particular, and Isaiah Pacheco to an extent, and Rasheed Rice to an extent, but... Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes in the first half of this football game were unbelievable. Incredible football from the greatest tight end to ever live and the quarterback who's just a couple more seasons like this away from being able to claim the same title for his position. They were in perfect connectivity and the offense looked like it had life again. And then halftime came, and this game was 17-7. to If you would have even told me at halftime, this is a conversation that we were having in the room, but if you would have told me at halftime, the Chiefs don't score again, I would not have felt good. But I would not have given up. The Chiefs scored all 17 points in the first half. It should have been 21. It probably should have been 28. It could have been 11! Because the Kansas City Chiefs defense is on another level right now. They say all the time the defense trying to get the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, get the ball back to the Chiefs offense. And hey man, again, first half, Chiefs offense did what they needed to do. Second half... How many three and outs were there? How many chances did the Ravens have? You give the soon-to-be MVP quarterback all of these chances to erase a 10-point deficit. And I think Lamar Jackson is great. I really do. I think Josh Allen is great. I really do. And the Chiefs defense said, "Hey man, you guys give us the points you can give us. Is it going to be 17? Let's get ready for Vegas, baby." That's what this defense is. Of course, this you don't need me to tell you this. Of course, this is the best Chiefs defense of the Patrick Mahomes era. Of course. And you start to go back in the the time machine long enough. And you you do start to meet up with some really good Chiefs defenses that I don't necessarily, today in this moment, want to start comparing this defenses to units of years and decades past. I'm wearing a t-shirt with Derek Thomas on it right now. I grew up watching first, you know, Jared Allen and and Tom Bahali and Justin Houston still playing. We've seen great pass rushes, great cornerbacks, great safeties. I like to think about Eric Berry when I get sad sometimes. We've seen really good defenses. But this unit, with the task that was required of them, this unit, in the positions they've been put in. This defense was asked to do things, none of the other great defenses of Chiefs past were ever really asked to do. Keep this up, and we'll go to a Super Bowl. Keep this churning, and eventually Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey will give you enough. Tonight, they had no wiggle room at all. No margin for error. And the Ravens were able to to punish you with one play that should have ended in a sack, that actually ended in a Ravens touchdown and swag surfing in the end zone. On the second offensive drive of the day for the Baltimore Ravens. And they scored a sad field goal that you mathematically just pretty much needed to take there. Late in the fourth. And that was it. They crossed into the end zone on their second drive of the day. And then never got back in there. At least not with the ball in their possession. And look, here's one thing that I did not expect from this game that came to be tonight. The story of this Chiefs season has been a team that's off a tick, a team that has these self-inflicted wounds, a team that gets in its own way. That was my fear from the Chiefs' perspective in this game. Will they get in their own way again? Not only did the Chiefs play a pretty clean football game, especially on defense and offensively in the first half at least, not only did the Chiefs accomplish that, the Ravens were the team that kept, kept shooting themselves in the foot. Baltimore was the team with the unforced errors. They were the team that couldn't get out of their own way. Penalties and turnovers and the kinds of things that no Chiefs fan should ever apologize for because your team has been losing games on that stuff all year. And now the Chiefs defense was able to capitalize and create those moments And they're going back to the Super Bowl. And I'm going to say what I said at the beginning again. Because I saw it. And then I thought about it. And I knew it. But then I looked it up again. Because that just doesn't seem right. I'm looking at my notes on half of my screen. And the pro football reference page for Kansas City Chiefs playoff history on the other side of the screen. Because how can this be real? From the conference championship game in January 23rd, 1994. Not to make anybody feel old, but 11 months to the day before I was born. That was a loss for the Chiefs in Buffalo. And they got back in 94 and lost. And back in 95 and lost. And back in 97 and lost. And then not back again until 2003... When they lost. And then back in 2006, and they lost again to the Colts back-to-back years. And then back in 2010, in one of the most frustrating games of my lifetime for reasons that were just so deeply ingrained. They lost to the Ravens. 30-7. to But hey, 2013, they're back again after that season, and they lose to the Colts again in a game that had 89 points. 2015 was an achievement. They got back to a playoff game in 1-1 for the first time in my lifetime. And then they lost. to the Patriots. They got back in 2016 and they lost. And then back in 2017 and they lost. And then Patrick Mahomes took over. And yeah, they did lose in a conference championship game, something I'd never seen the Chiefs play in. They lost to Tom Brady. It felt like it could have been a passing of the baton, but we were still barely learning how good we were going to have it with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback in this city. Then year two, Super Bowl. Year three, back to the Super Bowl. Back-to-back seasons. Something that never felt possible. They get got by Brady again in Tampa. 2021, you lose the Super Bowl. Run it back campaign. I guess the run it back campaign falls short in Tampa. You you run it back in 2021. Try to retool some things. You win in Buffalo in overtime. One of the most incredible football games any of us have ever seen. Lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. Watch them go get beat in the Super Bowl to the LA Rams. And then the Chiefs make some changes. That game was the last time we saw Tyree kill in a Chiefs uniform they did not make the Super Bowl. Something that I imagine would happen more often than not in the Patrick Mahomes era because getting to the Super Bowl every year is bleeping impossible. Do you know who you could ask? You could ask Tom Brady, who went, what, a decade between Super Bowl wins? The most decorated football player of all time? They trade Tyreek Hill. They reload. They have a defense packed with rookies. They get past the Jags and the Bengals and beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl last year. And then this year was finally the, ah, this is the growing pains year. Ad Rasheed Rice, lose Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS regresses, Kelsey gets hurt before the season, Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, that plan doesn't work. Wasting a great defense, man, that's frustrating. And they're back in the Super Bowl again. I'll start taking your calls in a minute. We'll bring you the audio as we get it. But the thing to me right now, and I'm also talking to myself a little bit here, so if you'll indulge me, during the game here, I'm taking notes the whole time. I gotta have all my bleep together for when this show starts so we can talk about it intelligently. The game ends and we're scrambling. We're trying to make sure everything's where it needs to be. That we've got all of our feet set where they need to be. I start the show, I'm talking, trying to paint you the picture that's going to take you into another two-week stretch of preparing to watch your Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But sometimes, the things here move really fast. And not just here at the station getting ready to start the post-game show. And not even just in the NFL and just watching your season, the way that that goes really fast. Because man, it ends in an instant. But also, kind of just the speed of life. You spend a lot of time with your head down, doing the work, doing your best. And trying to make the most of the the days you have, right? If it doesn't dwell on you today... How absolutely unfathomable all of this is and all of this would have been to you in 2017 or 1997 or 2007 for that matter. If you don't get the chills that go through your body when you realize these are moments that I never thought we would be in. It's, it's part of the reason that I will never develop a frustration or a boredom or anything with the Taylor Swift saga. And if you are, please give me this. She is an auxiliary character in the story of the 2023-24 Kansas City Chiefs. That makes no sense if you just woke up from a coma that you spent six years in. It makes no sense if you just woke up from a coma you spent like six months in. It's insane. This was never the fate of the Kansas City Chiefs. This was never the future. This was never the plan. The Chiefs spent lifetimes as the Washington Generals. At best, they were the team in the movie that doesn't really have... The, the names and the faces of the characters that you're rooting for, they're just kind of the team that you're rooting against because the good guy is the star of your movie. They, they play for the Patriots, or they play for literally just about anybody else in the AFC. From the days of Super Bowl four until the days of Super Bowl 54. None of this makes sense. Be glad for that. Appreciate that. Welcome that feeling. Because none of this was destined. None of this was ever in the cards. And now, full circle, Marquez Valdez Scantling has tweeted. His tweet, three words. At the bank, M&T Bank Stadium, attached to the three-word tweet, two photos of a masked man who went by the name Chiefsaholic. We're back. We're back, baby. We are so back. And the Chiefs are back. Nay, the Chiefs are back To back to the Super Bowl. I'm Joshua Briscoe. That voice you just heard on the side of the glass is Dylan Michaels. Covell Hudson is producing the effort as well. Dylan, if it's good for you, I think let's take a quick timeout here. We'll get our feet set one more time. We'll take some calls, and we'll start hearing from the Chiefs live from Baltimore. There is a lot to break down, and there is a lot to celebrate. In a season that never was supposed to get to this point, for a team that was never supposed to be the big bads of the NFL, enjoy it, Kansas City. You're the villain Don't apologize for stealing a win from a bank. Don't steal any more than a win from a bank. Just a dub. Nothing else. But a victory in Baltimore and another trip to the Super Bowl. Because that's the standard that this team has set. Appreciate it. Luxuriate in it. And come on back in a couple of minutes and we'll keep breaking it down.
3: on Kelsey, what he is right there, and see who wins. He's coming, he's coming. He gets the protection, he goes long, and on his back to ice it is Marquez valdez scampling for the second straight week. He catches a long ball, he had two of them against the Bills. 32 yards tonight, unbelievably aggressive call, only Mahomes and Andy Reid, and they didn't blitz up the middle, and they gave him enough time.
2: That's what it took to ice it, of course. Who didn't have an MVS deep ball to send the Chiefs to the Super Bowl on their 2023-2024 bingo card? That right there is your magic Mahomes moment brought to you by Champion Heating and Cooling. Keep your family warm this winter with their Champion Premium Furnace. Find your local Champion dealer at ChampionHomeComfort.com. And don't forget to ask about their free 10-year parts and labor warranty. Always leading, never compromising. ChampionHomeComfort.com. I'm going to give you the quick warning that I give you often during uh, post-game shows. I'm going to do it right now because we will eventually hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and other Chiefs from Baltimore. And if we need to end up cutting off uh, any calls to get to that, sometimes I'll put you back on hold. If you got something to say, stay on hold and we'll come back around. But let's try to keep uh, this moving pretty quick, callers, and we'll try to get through a lot of you so you can sound off on the Kansas City Chiefs going back to the Super Bowl. You're listening to Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. Also, if you want to listen to the NFC Championship game, that's over on ESPN kansas city 15 10 a.m 94.5 fm the niners just missed a field goal 48 yards and the lions hold their seven nothing lead and uh hopefully depending on how the show goes maybe we'll get to bring you the end of the nfc championship game here on 810 because we got to figure out who the Chiefs are playing but they have locked up their side of the equation let's go to the phones 913-3810-810 dan you've been lighting us on fire all season long my friend dan how you feeling
1: I'm feeling great, Joshua. How about that defense performance by the Chiefs? Um, Alvin stripping uh, Lamar and uh, then the recovery by Carlos. And yeah, yeah, the Sneed that, that was the, the defensive play of the game. Uh, Joshua Sneed, uh stripping uh, Zach Flowers. And uh, I think the Ravens were just undisciplined and they really fired the Chiefs off with pushing in Harrison uh, Buckshare And you can't like Patrick up. But it was a great performance. I think the offensive line did just enough in the first half, filling in for, uh, uh, was it, uh, yeah, got Toonie, yeah. tuning yep. Yeah, uh, Nick Allegretti yeah, did a Leo, good job. Leo
0: Chanel, yeah, did a really yep. good job. And the defense, they're really great. Really, really gay, you know, it was a great defense performance. And, uh, let's take care of going back to back, anyway. everybody coming back, and
1: let's go for a repeat. They carry some, Joshua.
2: Dan, I appreciate it, my friend. Talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Uh, next up, we got Crush. Crush, Sean 810. How you doing?
1: That's right. Good call right there. Hey, I want to, uh, I want to give credit to Dave Merritt. Yes. Give give me a minute, dude. I want to give credit to Dave Merritt. All yours. First of all, first of all, I was concerned about, now that we won, I was concerned about Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, doggone it, dude. These guys beat everybody's ass by 30 for the last month. And then, you know what really concerned me is in the post game interviews, Lamar Jackson didn't even smile. Like yeah, he, he was locked wasn't in. after he beat somebody's ass by thirty. Yep. Like he, so I was a bit concerned. Okay, so Dave Merritt, uh, uh, he's been here for five or six seasons. Mm-hmm. I've called this year, talking about uh, Sneed McDuffie, and uh, McDuffie was all pro doggone. I called it mid-year. but this guy's been in the league for thirty years. He's a staple. It's a credit to Dave Merritt. There you go.
2: Hey, Crush, I appreciate you, sir. I will always make time for us to talk about Dave Merritt and give him his flowers. He's done incredible work with this secondary. Also, you see plays made by, by Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson, who are, no offense, God, I hope this doesn't come off as whatever, but, like, they're the second fiddles to Snead and McDuffie, and they are a hell of a couple second fiddles on that stage and that orchestra the Chiefs have brought together defensively. Next up, we got Sean. Sean, you're What's you? What's up, Sean? How you doing? Good.
4: How are you
2: doing? I'm fantastic, man. What's on your mind?
5: I just uh, – I'm a little numb right now. The fact <laughs> we're going to force two goals in five years, like growing up when I grew up, and seeing yeah. this is insane. Shout out to Spags. I know there's going to be the guy that calls them and always complains about Spags, but that was great play calling. I mean, what we all would have done to say, we're going to hold the Ravens to seven points the first half. Insane game. I mean – this one feels different, right? Like, we didn't expect to be – I mean, I did not expect it to go to the two-bowl of this team, but this is awesome. I'm a little overwhelmed and excited, <laughs> and it's – this team is something. It is something. And it's depth taxes, Mahomes the playoffs, and I love it. Go Chiefs. I love it, Thank too, you.
2: Sean. Thank you. Uh, it's It really is that. The funny thing, I tweeted something like this during the break – Is that the Kansas City Chiefs? Yes, the same team you certainly watched to the tune of tremendous heartbreak at some point in your youth, regardless of your age. Those Kansas City Chiefs are going to their fourth Super Bowl in five years. Unless you are older than football, which some people are, and maybe you saw the Chiefs have success uh, in your youth, you know, in the very early days of the AFL to the first years of the NFL. Maybe you saw that and then you got to save your heartbreak until a few years later on. But Everyone within the sound of my voice right now, over the age of six and under the age of whatever would put your youth in the, I don't know what, early 70s, everyone has stories on stories on years of the Chiefs breaking your heart. That to me, I don't care about bandwagon fans. I'm going to take a little quick, quick diatribe. And then Dylan and Gary, you guys are up next. And then Mike will try to squeeze you in as well. Quick diatribe. I don't mind bandwagon fans as like a thing. It doesn't bother me at all if, if Taylor Swift's fans just found the Chiefs and they're just experiencing all this for the first time and they're experiencing it vicariously through Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey or whatever. That's cool. That's great. I love it. It's more joy in the world than more people that want to rep the Kansas City Chiefs. That bleep rules. I want all of that all the time. Give me bandwagon fans. Give me lifelong fans. Give me diehards. Give it all. But the thing that everyone who understands what I mean when I say the Chiefs ripped your heart out in your youth at some point And all you could do was try to put it back together doing some draft prep. Your pain from caring too much about sports. I say that a little bit tongue-in-cheek, of course, right? But the pain that only hits you when you love a team and they do not love you back in the playoffs, at least. The reward you get in that team's success, I think, is multiplied tenfold. I don't begrudge people who don't have to pay as much to get into the fan club because the people who had to invest the most at the lowest times see the greatest return on the fandom investment. And so I am so happy for everyone who has been hurt by loving football too much, who experiences the joy of what this team has brought as of late. It's an amazing, amazing thing for everybody. And I think anyone who got here more than a few years ago understands that this team was never meant for this run, and that it's Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, and this year, more than any other of this era, a defense playing on fire. Next up, we got Dylan. Dylan, you're on 810. How you doing, Dylan? Hey, Josh. It's amazing. Uh, this is
6: this is an amazing game.
2: Um,
6: I got a story, and then I got a thought on the game. Uh, I'm living in Santander, Spain right now. And uh, about the third quarter, I uh, started making deals as a uh, – as um as the defense kept making stops so i just had to go jump in the uh in the freezing uh Atlantic ocean here uh to uh to secure that win so um yeah there was some bartering that I got across the line there luckily it's about 50 degrees uh here in spain right now so um but that was amazing and one thing i've been struck by uh all season was um was uh the, the playmakers on defense. I mean I know the last throughout this whole run uh we've had a lot of playmakers on offense. Mm-hmm. Tyreek. Um but going back to that game in Germany, uh I was struck by that, that uh that pick six that we had and just um where Cook had the presence of mind to to get the ball from Mike Edwards and take it to the house mm. and just all season uh defensive backs have been flying across the field and tonight. Um so it's just really amazing to uh, see this, uh, this team have so many playmakers on defense uh, when the playmakers on offense haven't been stepping up. So it's a really special game.
2: It, it really is. Dylan, I appreciate the call. I adore the story. I also got to be in Spain a little bit this last spring summer and loved it there. So enjoy being in a, a beautiful country, and thanks for uh, taking Chiefs Kingdom International. Good stuff there from Dylan. You know what? We're going to keep it international. Gary, I'm sorry. I may, I'm skipping over because my, my thing here says Mike in Italy. Can we go from Spain to Italy? Mike, what's up?
1: Hey, you sure can, Josh. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm so proud of, of the team. Nobody believed them. I mean, podcasters, including you.
2: Yeah, fair.
1: Everybody. And, man, these guys came through. Yeah. And I... I just want to say how much it means to, uh, to us fans that are, that are overseas. I spent 20 years in the Navy. I got my flag right there. It was flown over Arrowhead Stadium um, and my retirement flag. And I am just so proud of the Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Let's win another Super Bowl.
2: Mike, I appreciate it, man. That is awesome. Uh, I believe that makes us the number one international Chiefs post game show in the world. I Have to imagine says it right here on the sign. Dylan so. put up a sign and it just says it now, so I think that's legally binding. Same thing with world's best coffee. So, <laughs> <laughs> and listen, I'll cop to it since Mike pointed it out. I I'd said twenty three twenty Ravens in this game, and I thought there was a chance to keep the Chiefs. might only scored seventeen, <laughs> and I I feel like all right, just to. Real quick, Mike. No, this isn't your fault, Mike. I, lo- I love that you called in from Italy. I love that Dylan called in from Spain. I love all of this. I was on that Chiefs defense bandwagon so damn early this year, man. We started asking those questions about who'd you rather have with the game on the line, Chiefs defense out there up four, or offense out there down three, or whatever, like move the number however you want. I believed in this defense hard. And what I will say to protect some little shred of my predictive ability is that even I was impressed by the Chiefs' defense today, and I thought I had my expectations high enough. I really did. And it's a punch-out away from it being a tie game right there with Zay Flowers. Who knows what happens from there? But the Chiefs' defense has made plays over and over and over again, and they did it so many times today that a 10-point effort in the AFC Championship game is unbelievable. Now that we're on that thought, and I'm glad you reminded me, we need the
7: link to these InSPAGs We Trust t shirt. Please God. Please post it to us. Please someone help me someone, find the link. Please help us find that because again, my name will be on a check and there will be a blank space for them to fill in any amount possible.
2: The the I, I wanna get like the I don't wanna just get the Twitter bot version of like buy this shirt here. I need it yes. to be like quality. But the number of people who I know would pay $40 for that t-shirt. That's a cool shirt. It's I, a very cool shirt. I probably won't get an AFC Championship t-shirt if I had to guess, you know. I haven't seen them all. I don't know. We'll see. But in Spags We Trust t-shirt in honor of this season, you're damn right. I would love one. All right, let's close down the calls for a little bit here with Gary. Gary, I feel it's only fitting you are closer today, my friend. What's going on? How you feeling? Well,
5: you and I and everybody else didn't think we'd get this far, but here they are. The you. Is there anything – this team is just resilience. I mean, th- this was gritty today, what this team did. Mm. It was grit. I mean, that's the best the best way to describe what this team did today. And, you know, they, they played a clean game offensively, didn't turn the football over. They didn't have a bucket full of penalties. They did what they had to do. They went above the Ravens' average, allowing 16.8 points a game. So they went over that defensively, getting turnovers. Yeah, I mean, but the end of that game, that defense was gassed. You could see it. They yeah. just,
4: <laughs>
2: yeah.
5: That's that's why I was so glad they didn't get get the ball back because I think this defense is ready for a bye week after today. Gary, I'm but, not going to
2: cut you off. I'm going to let you keep going. But just since you mentioned that, I never in my life have seen George Karloftis look tired, and I saw that man look tired, be slow to get up, and then about ten minutes later make the def- one of the defensive plays of the game. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And.
5: Congratulations to Chris Jones, another million dollar bonus. Yeah, I bet he's going to be eating good tonight. But all I can say with this, in this Super Bowl coming up, regardless of who they play. Thank God it's a pocket passer. I'll hang up and listen to <laughs> great show,
2: Josh. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. Uh, thanks to everybody who's called in so far. We may end up taking some more calls as the night goes on. I don't want to put anybody on hold for an unnecessary 45 minutes or so because pressers are going to be getting going here momentarily. Uh, but, <laughs> Gary, that is a great thing. Just from a pure stress perspective – Jared Goff or Brock Purdy, whoever it is, it's just going to be a more <laughs> a more relaxed week physically for that defensive line. And also, I should mention, man, I haven't heard yet, and I don't know if Andy Reid will have a real diagnosis for this yet anyway, but Charles who getting ruled out pretty quickly with a knee injury, looked like non-contact, looked like he was very frustrated and, and probably in quite a bit of pain. That's a real bummer, God, especially if it's against his former team in the Niners. Um, if it's worst case, you're talking about, like, a mid-season return. If it's medium case, maybe he's missing the Super Bowl, but it's good for training camp. Maybe maybe it's it's all right. Maybe there was a, a chance he could recover with a full week off. Which, by the way, we're going to get Travis Kelsey off a of bye week again. Hey, that makes me feel pretty good. I hadn't really realized that until Gary mentioned the thing about the defense needing the bye week. Travis Kelsey has looked incredible in these playoffs, obviously. But he might look... He might look five extra. I think he got five years younger when the playoffs started. He might get five more years younger off of bye going to the Super Bowl. Losing a minute who would be a big loss. He matters, and he showed you why before he went out in this game. But it was a hell of an effort, man. Chris Jones, Tershawn Wharton in the middle. Mike Dana, George Karloftis. The, the flexibility of that entire unit, the secondary playing that game without Willie Gay and obviously without Joe Tooney who we mentioned earlier Nick Allegretti steps up, Drew Tranquil he he got shrugged off by Lamar Jackson but for the most part it looked it looked to my eyes in real time like Drew Tranquil had a hell of a game, I think all three linebackers who, who played the most in this game probably had a play they'd like back She the Baltimore Ravens to 10 points in Baltimore. It really is a team that just did not seem like this was in the cards at the midway point in this season. And the Mahomes of it all was the reason that I never thought. I was never in like AFC West panic mode. I was never in miss the playoffs panic mode. But I was worried about Buffalo. Oh, Clark Hunt is at the podium right now. Let's go ahead and go live to Baltimore and hear from the chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs. Here's Clark Hunt as the Chiefs are headed back to the Super Bowl. Is there
8: something that told you that maybe this was, was realistic, that this was possible, that
4: this
9: was going to happen? I, uh, yes. Um, you know, we've been lucky to have Andy uh, here coaching the team for over 10 years, and he and the staff, as I mentioned, do a great job. One of the things that I think they're best at is being consistent. Uh, no matter what's going on. Uh, and that's an important message when, you, when you're being successful. It's also even more important, I think, uh, when things are, are not working for you. And uh, Andy's you know, head was never down. He ne- never doubted uh, the team, and he and his staff just kept teaching. And, uh, you know, the result was by the time we got to the playoffs, we started playing our best football of the season. Uh, I also want to say that our general manager, Brett Veach, has done a tremendous job here over the last uh, several years, Uh, certainly uh, during the the run that we've had in the AFC Championship games and the Super Bowl. But that defense that was out there tonight are a bunch of young players for the most part, and uh, Brett's done a fantastic job of getting those players here so that Andy and his staff can coach them. You
8: talk about Andy being consistent even when things weren't going well. Do you have any stories from, from that time? Sort of
9: illustrate what you're talking about here. yeah well after a, a tough game when we uh, meet in the uh, his locker room um, when we haven't gotten a victory uh, there some of us in there have our heads down uh, and he's never one one of those guys he, he's already looking forward uh, to the next week he's looking forward to the next opportunity doesn't believe that you know whatever problems that we had in the game that that week are going to carry over to the next and is very very positive in that regard. All
2: right, thank you, Clark. All right, there's Chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs, Clark Hunt, live from Baltimore, talking about this Chiefs victory. Here's uh, GM Brett Veach. I'd
10: like to um, uh, congratulate uh, Kansas City, uh, Kansas City, the, the amazing Chiefs Kingdom. Um, quick thanks to, to Clark Hunt and his amazing family for. For trusting in our vision and, and giving us all the things we need, Mark Donovan and his staff, um, just amazing, uh, blessing to work with his coaching staff and and you know the credit goes to all the players, um, just amazing. I, I joke with uh, with our staff on the way in, it was like a, a 1990s old AFC Central game. It's just a you know physical game, how to make plays and um, kind of a throwback game from what we're used to playing. But um, nevertheless, just congratulations to the to the team and the staff. Just an amazing job.
11: Go ahead. Go ahead. What stands
3: out about it?
10: Yeah, I, I just think we probably had more adversity this year. You know, I, it is um, – I think someone asked a question before. I, I mean, I don't play, but, I mean, just being around here and being part of this, I mean, there is the aspect of a mental fatigue. I mean, we've we've been blessed and fortunate to have a, a long seasons, and, and these guys, um, their off seasons are shorter and shorter and shorter. And as everyone knows, Coach runs a, an extremely um, tough training camp. And, and so there is a little bit of that, but these guys – it pays off in the end because <clears throat> when you – Play your most important football these guys are are just so hard and so tough that you know we're able to come in environments like this and, and buffalo last can and win it's not easy to do but i think it's just you know how these guys are wired
12: right Brent, you won for so many reasons and defense particularly etc but i wonder if you could just describe the constant that patrick has brought to it all um to, to maintain what you guys have done the last
1: few years and how that's
10: stood up <clears throat> you can't describe it i mean he's a legend so i mean it's it's a blessing um that you know he's part of this uh, organization, and you know he's uh, he's the best. And I, you know I, it's hard to describe a player like him um, because he's he's good in everything he does, and he gives everyone you know that um, belief and hope that doesn't matter you know what the odds are and where we're playing and where we're going. That if we have 15 under center, we have a shot. So it's it's really hard to explain someone that good. I think, um, but uh, he's the best.
12: But one other factor with that too, is you, you you know him enough by now to know that what when, when he's being Theoretically doubted that. That seems to ratchet things up a little bit. Yeah. Have, have you, were you yeah. pleased to see those sorts of doubts out there? The yeah, game? I'm not
10: sure why anyone would do that and okay. and, and throw shade at him like that because you know he's uh, he um, you know you don't he's going to give you his best shot anyway. So I don't, there's no need to poke <laughs> poke the bear. But if they want to do it, you know, well we certainly appreciate it.
8: Last two, Adam and Pete. Brett, um, the uh, epic Christmas Day game. It's hard to see you guys being standing here and doing this tonight. What uh, what did you see? Were the things you saw at that
10: time to let you know that there was, you could still get this turnaround and be at this point now? I think that you know it's funny we we talked about this as a staff after that game, and um, it's it's what you do with adversity and how you handle it. And I actually think that that you know a big reason of why we're here tonight is because of that Vegas game. You know, sometimes, you know, the worst things that, that happen to you or, or in your season are, turn out to be the best thing. And, you know, we were finding ways to win games, but, you know, something was off, whether it be offense or defense or special teams, it just wasn't in sync. But we were winning. And I think sometimes that just is deodorant and you just keep going and going and going. That, that loss, I think, really hit us. And, you know, I think it, it allowed the whole organization to take a look in the mirror. Um, so I really point to that game as one of, you know, really being one of the key motivating factors to just get everyone dialed in here and, you know, as a GM, as a, as a coach, anyone on our staff, I think the hope and, 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 and thought when the season starts is if you can just be healthy and, and, and hot at the end of the season, um, that's all you can ask for. And, you know, um, just fortunate that our, our team is relatively healthy and, and, you know, we're playing our best football when it matters most. Last one, Pete. Yeah, last year you guys really rebuilt the defense (coughs) and the
8: draft picks, uh, Year, just how important now that you look back at
10: the of Rice and what spent what the offense can do yeah i mean listen we're always we're always trying to get get pat offensive help and i mean no matter what people think or say and um it was a unique free agency and and um wasn't a lot to choose from and then you're picking last from the draft uh so we you know we took what we had and, and we invested in some veteran defensive players and we brought charles in and drew in and mike edwards in and and then you know did try to to get a receiver earlier in the draft, didn't work out, and. You know, But we were patient, and, and that's what you need to do. Just be patient and disciplined. And, and you know, thankfully it worked out, and she's done great. But you don't have to give 15 much. You give him a little, and he'll do the rest.
8: All right. Thank you.
10: <laughs>
2: all right, there we go. That's Brett Veach live from Baltimore. And uh, we will go ahead and take a quick timeout. When Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are all good, we'll bring you their audio later on, plus any other players that end up at the podium. That's coming up. Coming up next... Coming up in the next hour or so, also a touchdown, I believe, for Christian McCaffrey for the San Francisco 49ers. So right now, the NFC Championship game is within one score. It was 14-0 Lions, but Brock Purdy hands it to Christian McCaffrey. He waltzes in, and that game is now within, well, within eight, pending the PAT. I'll, I'll let you hang on the cliffhanger on if the extra point goes through. We're taking a timeout. We're going to come back and hear from the Chiefs and keep talking about the fact that your Kansas City Chiefs are going back Back to the Super Bowl.
3: And if you get him out of the shotgun, Then you got a chance to win this game. Well, last week Houston did not have a single snap inside the twenty-five. Here's Kansas City from the nineteen, throwing at the goal line, and it's caught by Kelsey for the touchdown. With Kyle Hamilton all over the matchup you wanted to watch. Kelsey wins it, and the Chiefs drive for an opening touchdown. And this was the matchup that I thought would be as instrumental as any to who wins. That's the first time a tight end has scored on Kyle Hamilton all year. Now, he has not seen the—he's hes played everyone, all the greats. He has not given up anything this year to tight ends. 50-some yards all year, and what a throw.
2: An unbelievable throw, an unbelievable catch, an unbelievable route, and an unbelievable day for Travis Kelsey. That right there is our sweet play of the game brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Stop by Andy's Frozen Custard, grab an 87 concrete, and help Travis's 87 and running foundation with every purchase. Do good while eating deliciousness. Andy's, top your day with a smile. Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid certainly topped this day with a smile for Kansas City Chiefs fans. A 17-10 victory in the AFC Championship game. And if that doesn't do it for you, folks... You're watching the wrong sport. Welcome into the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. I'm Joshua Briscoe. Dylan Michaels on the other side of the glass. Coville Hudson producing as well. Enjoyed this entire season with you all. Very excited to be here for a couple of weeks of it here. Uh, we'll have the week off next weekend, of course, for uh, postgame action. I don't think we're going to do a Pro Bowl show because the Chiefs won't have anybody playing in it again for the fourth time in five years. Because. This city, this team is on an unbelievable heater. But we'll kick back out to Baltimore in a little bit, in all likelihood. Uh, We've heard from Brett Veach and Clark Hunt. We will later hear from Andy Reid and uh, Patrick Mahomes. I bet we hear from Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, maybe even MVS. You know, he had to play at the end there. And then I would imagine a few defensive players could be contenders as well. So we're just waiting to see where we go in terms of uh, who's next up. Live from Baltimore. Also, something worth noting. We'll bring you the uh, audio on this later on. But Aaron Ladd uh, from our friends at KC. good goodness, great. KSHB. Got the uh, letters out of order. KSHB41. Don't worry about it, Dylan. We can get the audio for for later on. But just the the news hook of it is that Charles Aminahou told KSHB41's Aaron Ladd that he's playing in the Super Bowl. I believe the uh, exact quote that I'll, I'll have to paraphrase the rest was, uh, do I look like a guy who's not going to play? And uh, he was on the field celebrating with the team, talking to Aaron, and uh, I- enjoying the moment. So he said he's here to here to be a part of a Super Bowl, has a chance to play up against his old team if the Niners can complete the comeback here today. Uh, again, if you want to listen to the NFC Championship game, I, I I don't completely blame you. I'll only take it a little personally as uh, Bosa sacks Jared Goff right now, and we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, but right now the Lions are up 14-7 with the ball at midfield on a, a long third down. But if you want to listen to the play-by-play of that, you can hear that over on ESPN Kansas City, 15, 10 a.m. and 94.5 FM. Otherwise, we'll uh, be happy to keep talking about the Chiefs' win as uh, as the Lions try to hold on to this lead, and we'll figure out who the Chiefs will play in Vegas um, it looks like... what is the I'm not, I'm not going to do play-by-play play of Lions uh, of lions 49ers, but there's a lot of stuff that's kind of going on there. that We'll keep an eye on I'll keep you updated on scoring plays and stuff like that, and then we'll bring you at least the end of all of that tonight by the time we're done with the action here. But we've got a lot more to break down from the Chiefs' side of things. Although I do think this game is largely kind of simple. Uh, Mike McDonald, the Ravens' defensive coordinator, has been getting a lot of head coaching hype, and I think he's got more interviews going on. I think he's I mean, going to Washington tomorrow. Um, point being... Right out of the gate and culminating in that drive you just heard the touchdown at the end of there, with Kyle Hamilton having to cover Travis Kelsey and Travis Kelsey being the first tight end to score on Kyle Hamilton this year, which is incredible. It seemed like the Chiefs' offense was gonna be humming. The defense was looking really good early on, and then the defense the off the Chiefs' offense, I should say, kinda hit that that catch point. After they got out of the scripted plays and and certainly, I mean Outside of the first half, essentially. The halftime adjustments the Ravens were able to make, and again, the Chiefs really had some growing pains even while scoring in the second quarter. Should have been more. That Rasheed Rice touchdown should have stood. That was a weak holding penalty. This game should have been 21-7 at halftime. It almost should have been 28-7 at halftime. But it wasn't. Point being... Mike McDonald and that Ravens defense brought answers for the Chiefs were doing offensively and them narrowing all the way down was was, uh, something the offense couldn't necessarily hold up uh, for a whole lot longer. But the Chiefs defense was the side of the ball that gets to claim the win today. Here's the CEO of SAC Nation, Chris Jones.
11: The obstacles we had just to get to this um, AFC championship game, one of Josh Allen and uh, defeating the Buffalo Bills, Um, playing our first game at Arrowhead facing the Miami Dolphins, one of the highest power offensives in this game. They scored 70 points, I think, on the second game of the year. So when you take that into consideration, it's like um, <laughs> it's a lot of obstacles we had to get through in order to be where we are today. And then facing Lamar with one of the best defenses I've seen, they got a complete team and being able to overcome that uh, is an obstacle itself. I think Lamar... Show why he was MVP, and then why he will win it again this year. He's an outstanding quarterback, and they got um, a lot of weapons around him. Chris, is there a different sort of satisfaction in the path you guys have taken this season? Absolutely. You got to um, take a second and look back at um, everything you had to go through. I never think it's about the destination, but the journey to get to the destination. And you look at the journey we had to take; it's a, it's a huge appreciation for that. Chris, like you guys, Chris, you guys had uh, shirts made in Spags we trust. Just talk about that and the, the job that he did today. I, I still think Spags should um, be up for assistant coach of the year. I mean, what he's been able to do with his defense from last year to this year and um, <clears throat> how he was able to overcome a lot of humps, how we was, how, uh, how was able to uh, force a lot of guys to grow. You know, you look at last year uh, – it was, like, 15, 13, you know, uh, we gave up a lot of big plays. And come back this year, um, I'll say it right now, that Jerry had an all-pro year, should have been an all-pro. Tutu had an all-pro year. And we can go on down the list. And those guys set the standard on the back end. And we just continue humping with Joe Cullen on, uh, on the front end. Pause. Chris, what was
8: it about this year's journey that you really appreciate?
11: Just the, um, the adversity we had to face, you know, um, losing the first game of the year. Unfortunately, I wasn't here um, getting over that and um, the holdout situation for me. Um, and then uh, you, you, to make it to the playoffs, facing the Miami Dolphins, who is, you know, their offense can score at any moment. Then they have been to go up to Buffalo and play, and they've been playing lights out all year, you know, Josh Allen picked it up around the sixth game of the year and they beat a better um, Dallas Cowboys team and they didn't lose until we was able to defeat them in the playoff and then you come up to to me the best team in the NFL the Baltimore Ravens at their home um, with the adversity that we had to face, the fans, the crowd home field advantage um, and being able to defeat them so I think there's a huge appreciation you have to take within that journey The
13: particular challenges that Lamar presents, which thought like you did well
11: on defense, you know, to limit him the way you did. Yeah, we, um, as a whole, we try to limit his big plays. We knew we wasn't going to be able to completely stop him. Um, but j- just try to eliminate big plays. I think they hit us on two. Um, ALJ kind of lost uh, um, lost the receiver in the back end four, made a, a, a big-time catch. Uh, and uh, the second one, Where well, the first one was Nick. we got beat over the top by number four. Lamar started running. Um Two big plays, so if we're able to limit Lamar to two big plays, that's good, you know? You mentioned LJ's yeah, all-pro season. Just how big was that play for you guys to, to get the fumble up and go on. It was huge. It just shows the testament and the commitment he made throughout the year. Uh, the guy's been making plays all year. Um, you, you can pull up his film. I don't think a receiver had over 100 yards on him the whole year. So when you got a guy like that in the physical aspect of that, uh, you see him jamming guys in the ground. Yeah. Um, few weeks ago you seen a highlight of him just pushing Tyreek in the ground. So when you have a cornerback on your team and, and that type of cornerback on your team, you can lock one side down. So we're able to kind of play tango or cover three on the other side with man-to-man on this side because we know we got faith and trust in him that we're not worried about LJ. So he had a whole another dynamic to this defense that I think Spaz was able to utilize and um, take advantage of. Last-
10: Chris,
5: is there a moment early in the season when you thought that this defensive
11: unit could be special? I think from the beginning, uh, we knew last year um, a lot of guys were going to force to grow, whether it's Josh, a young guy who's coming out, or Watson, a young guy who's coming out. You know, when you got leaders, uh, really two all pros in the room, kind of those guys are able to build and grow from that. They can watch LJ. They can watch Trent McDuffie. They can watch their preparation. And uh, they begin to prepare like that. They begin to want to be that guy. You know what I mean? So it helps a lot. Chris, uh, Last one.
7: By Orleans, just to be sure,
8: was
9: there ever a moment where you doubted
11: you guys would put back here? Man, y'all doubted
2: us. We ain't doubted. Y'all take care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever doubted the Chiefs defense, but the point stands. That's Chris Jones live from Baltimore right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Here is the corner he talks so much about. Here's LeJarious Sneed. So
12: Oh, it's a blessing, you know, that type of guy, Chris, you know, he's a great Blair, great guy as well, and to hear that come from him, he's a lot. What did you see on that the play where you were able to knock the ball free and at the goal line? Uh, you know, I saw him, he had his step on me, you know, all was in my mind was just catch up and make the tackle, and that's what I did, and when I said stretch the ball, I was just pushed after the ball and it came out.
8: Jarius, what did he say to you a couple of plays before he got the penalty, he kind of pushed you down but with- did yeah, you say I
12: did not I didn't know that he did that. Because if I did, if he did, I would have said something to him, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, the guys were telling me he still over me. And, you know, I didn't see that, but, yeah. So you don't
8: know what the was? So nah, no, I just walked off
12: the play. So you weren't extra fired up from that play or anything? I mean, yes, I was I was kind of, you know, mad at myself because I didn't see him get behind me when I went to safety. And, you know, I was like next play mentality. Yeah. Is that what the breakdown was on the play? Just to- yeah, I didn't right. track them, and I, right. I lost them behind me. Right. Injuris, what stands out you about the route? route you guys had to take to get here? Uh, Obviously, number three seed, go on the road. I mean, just throughout the whole season, right? what stands out to you about how you guys... Oh, man, you know, route? we had a lot of doubters from the beginning of the season. No one believed in us. The champs at that, they didn't believe in us. But we stayed early. We had a lot of adversity, and we kept going, and look where we're at now. playing ahead the whole game. Yes, that was the main thing. Make sure we get a league on them okay. and make sure we get out front first and just do what we do and stop Lamar. How many coverages did you
3: guys play
12: today How many coverages? Yeah. Uh, play like two Zero and ten. A couple more. Lamar had to hold the ball a lot.
5: His time to throw was way high, higher than his season average. How important was it for you guys to keep stuff in front of you, and then also be able to balance that with keeping them in the pocket, and not allowing that quick
12: game? Oh uh, yes, we knew the whole time. You know, Lamar was gonna run around, and the whole week we just been spaz just to put it out here, make sure we plastered on our guys because Lamar was gonna run around and look down the field to throw the ball, and we made sure we stayed glue on them guys. Was there a
1: particular enjoyment
12: in doing this on the road the past couple weeks? Oh yeah, man. You know, we've been at home most of the time for a couple past years. And- Come to someone else home and take over. It feel great. Last one.
3: Anybody?
2: Thanks, Elijah. Thanks, everybody. There you go. LeJarius Snee. That's some good stuff. Though. That's the best presser we have gotten from him, and he's uh, enjoying some of the things I but didn't even know that Zay Flowers had uh, taunted there. So uh, that, that sounds like that will be our locker room report. Of course, we will still hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in a little bit. But the Chiefs will be heading out of Baltimore and heading back to Kansas City. So that's our locker room report presented by Twin Peaks.
6: The Chiefs Locker Room Report is brought to you by Twin Peaks. No one does football like Twin Peaks, whatever your preference. They have everything from tequila cocktails and an extensive bourbon category to top-shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails round out an adventurous drink menu, second to none. And don't forget about their 29-degree man-sized drafts at Twin Peaks.
2: we got to take a quick timeout, but before we do... A tweet from Nate Taylor of The Athletic in the locker room. If you're wondering, Joe coleman is already smoking a cigar. I wasn't wondering, but I'm glad I don't have to guess. The Kansas City Chiefs are smoking cigars in the visiting locker room in Baltimore. They took it on the road and they brought it back to Kansas City with them. For the fourth time in five years, your Chiefs Kansas City are going back to the Super Bowl. We'll take a timeout and continue to break it all down here on the Sports Radio 810 WHP Post Game Show.
3: Second and eight from the nine, Jackson. The flowers. He dies. The ball came out. It's recovered by Kansas City. Did the ball come out before he broke the plane? I think you're right touchback and recovery on the field. It's going to be very close, but I do believe this is one. Of the, on the field as the runner fumbles short of the goal line, recovered in the end zone by Kansas City for a touchback. This is this is a call that could determine the whole game right here. Sneed, it's out. Who has played as? at the highest level of this entire season, Jim. Sneed has defended the other team's best receiver, traveled with him all year, and he has shut him down week in, week out, and makes the biggest
2: play of the season. It was an enormous play. You heard LeJarius Sneed talking about it just a second ago, and it was beautiful for you, Chiefs fans. But it was ugly for the Baltimore Ravens. That's our ugly play of the game brought to you by We Buy Ugly Houses. Owning a house can be a problem, an ugly problem. Repairs, taxes, mowing the yard. Let We Buy Ugly Houses be the solution. Call 1-800-44-BUYER or go to webuyuglyhouses.com. It's an incredible thing. And also, while we were in a break, the Detroit Lions... Scored another touchdown. Jameer Gibbs puts the Lions up 21 to 7 with about six minutes left in the half. Uh, Again, you can listen to that over on ESPN Kansas City, but we're talking Chiefs right here and we'll have two weeks to talk about whoever the Chiefs are playing because they get to celebrate. We will uh, hear from Andy Reid in a minute, but in just a second, I want to hear from uh, Charles a Minna. who Dylan's making sure there aren't any naughty words in there, which is a good call, Dylan. I was listening earlier, but I can't say I was like radio... FCC kind of uh, quality of listening, so probably the uh, the right call. All right, we're all good to go. So courtesy of our friend Aaron Ladd of uh, KSHB 41, here's him on the field with Charles Who after the game. Again, he left this game with a knee injury, was pretty quickly ruled questionable, was pretty quickly ruled out after that. So everything Aminahu says here I think is pretty big news.
3: This is what I came here for, bro. This is exactly what I came here for. Make big plays, help the team win. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be good. Like, I, I know I'm not done. I'm playing. I'm going to be straight. We're here. You're playing. You're playing a Super Bowl 58. Yes, yes. You think, do I look like somebody's not going to play in Super Bowl? No, I don't. I'm there. Come on, bro. Congrats, man. Go enjoy that. Yep, yep, yep.
2: That's, that's big. That's a major development of, uh, again, Charles Minahoo telling Aaron Lat, oh boy, there was almost a Niners pick. i got to stop watching that game while, we're t- while I'm talking. Uh, that is big, because no matter which of these quarterbacks it is, pocket passers, quick processors, getting the ball out quick and all of that, whoever it is, the Chiefs are going to want to get to him frequently and quickly, and having Charles Minahoo as healthy as possible will be a big help there, and they're all going to get two weeks of rest, like a legit bye week, and then, yeah, they'll have a lot of media to do in Vegas and all of that, but I'm, I'm watching Lions-Niners out of the corner of my eye, and if you tell me that the teams who began this season would be the two teams to end this season, the NFL's kickoff game, Chiefs-Lions, the Super Bowl could be Chiefs-Lions, yeah, I'll sign up for that right now. Uh, we've we've talked. Dylan and I have talked some about the uh, storylines of villainy that, that would come with either the Niners or the Lions being the opponent. But frankly, I wasn't really sure we'd get to this point. So we'll save villainous conversations for the next couple of weeks. Lord knows we'll have plenty of opportunities to as the Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl and we got two more weeks to talk about this team. What an incredible, incredible run these playoffs have been. The hardest path the Chiefs have taken to a Super Bowl yet. And they got there with just seven points to spare over the Baltimore Ravens in a very low-scoring, very stressful, very exciting victory. Uh, Are we good to hop over to Andy Reid here, Dylan, or are we? I can wait a second here. Andy Reid, we'll get to him. In a second, loading on Andy Reid sh- shortly soon. Excellent! Shout out again, Joe Michaels and Covell Hudson for making the magic happen on that side of the glass. All I got to do over here is talk and be excited about the Chiefs. They do all the hard work as they've been doing all season long. Hey guys, real quick, um, are you both available about the same time, about the same place? Not next week, but in two weeks, you guys be available to be here again? I don't think we had it on the books yet because next Sunday, I don't worry about it. You know, friends and family and all of that. But will you guys be here two weeks from today? Contractually, yes. Covell, can I get verbal confirmation? Yes. Oh, thank God. We'll bring the same crew back again in a couple of weeks to preview, or excuse me, to wrap up a Super Bowl. We're going to spend the next two weeks previewing it, but... It's time to hear from the head coach of these Kansas City Chiefs, as Andy Reid took to the podium in Baltimore just a little bit ago. His press conference is brought to you by Westlake Hardware. Westlake Commercial, a division of Westlake Ace Hardware, is your local business-to-business supply partner. Their commercial team, dedicated business-to-business website, credit terms, and convenient store locations make it easy. Visit your local Westlake Ace Hardware store or westlakehardware.com slash commercial today. We'll start it off at the top with Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, his injury update and opening statements following the Chiefs' 17-10 victory to send them back to the Super Bowl.
14: All right. Um, I don't have any injuries for you right now, so I'll have to get them to you tomorrow. Uh, but my hat goes off to uh, the Ravens and the and the city here of Baltimore. You've got a great football team. Uh, we appreciate your hospitality. It's a great environment to play in. Um and then how about the Chiefs? You know, I mean, what a great deal that was. Uh, I thought our guys played hard, aggressive football. Um, it always starts with the offensive defensive line. They, they came out, you know, with a purpose here and, and played their hearts out. Uh, Pat Mahomes did a great job, again, uh, as he normally does. But starting the game off with 11 completions, straight completions, uh, that's something, something special. And then to manage the game, things that get kind of thrown by the side is him taking a sack there at the end, so um, as opposed to trying to fit the ball in, um, he he took the sack, kept the clock running, good things happened there uh, at that particular time. So and then our defense was outstanding. Uh, we were able to get a lead and we were able to maintain that lead and, and did it with a with great personality there. So as they've done uh, throughout the season. But my echo's out the spags. Uh, to Nags and, and to Tobe uh, for the jobs that they've done as coordinators, putting things together, and most of all, keeping the hope up, right, when things weren't maybe going as well. MVS is a picture of that. So people coming down on him everywhere. He keeps it right there and does a great job with it. I, mean, I thought he was just phenomenal. Uh, that kid, um, he's taking a beating here, and he was able to just hang in there and, and battle. So, anyways, time's yours. I don't
2: know. I'm not i am not completely sure that Andy Reid's getting kind of choked up there the very end the times yours had a little bit of that but you can definitely hear the emotion in his voice Dylan just said like there it's like the here comes the playing voice that you got there for a second granddad voice that occasionally comes we had a clip from whatever it was I mean weeks ago might have been it was either training camp I think there was one in training camp one time post game where his his grandkids came in and he went into granddad voice and it's like oh man like So much Andy Reid is like football, grizzled football CEO that doesn't want to tell you anything or show any emotion at the podium or anything like that. You got some post-game emotion there from Andy Reid. And you're seeing it. It's across Twitter all over the place. We can talk more about it as we find more. And I'm sure we'll have more examples by Monday morning, tomorrow morning. But there are guys reveling in this in a way that they do not revel in the divisional win or the win over the Dolphins, which rightfully so. And 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 also there's a bigger layover here. You, you got you've got two weeks. You do have a chance to appreciate what you've done here. You got a trophy for this one. You win your conference, you punch your ticket. I think you smile and you enjoy your, your, your playoff wins however you find them. Certainly, as we're talking about earlier, when you're breaking a thirty year playoff drought, you really you really appreciate and celebrate those. But the Chiefs are feeling it right now, and being willing to show some emotion as this is a real, real accomplishment. Hey, we're i am sure we're gonna hear and Mahomes say "job's not done," but it's not gonna be job's not done. We'll see it. We'll see it in the uh, in the offices tomorrow. This is gonna be job's not done, but you've done a hell of a job so far. Real quick, Drew Tranquil just tweeted a couple of minutes ago: "Big Red, T Swift, and the boys just tore your parlay up again." And then the uh, like exhaling emoji, the blowing smoke out your nose. Big red T-Swift and the boys. I would also take a t-shirt of that, I guess. I really like the ins bags we trust, but.
7: What a 180 for him postseason wise from last Dude. postseason to now this.
2: He must be floating He's, wherever he is. He and the rookies are like, I'm sure there are some <laughs> examples, but I can't think of one. Mike Edwards, playoffs. Um, Charles Aminahu, playoffs. I can't remember. I mean, Edwards was on the Edwards is on the Bucks team that won, right? And I don't think Aminahu would have been on that Niners team. Uh, I have to look. It would have been really close. Um, point being, Drew Tranquil. You're right, Dylan. Drew Tranquil, who spent his career as a Los Angeles Charger. <laughs> is sitting in a locker room celebrating an AFC championship. Like, oh, I thought about doing this a lot in the preseason.
7: O'Manahue was a 2019 draft pick, so he was a rookie.
2: Okay, so it was his rookie season. He might have been, no bleep, like the sixth pass rusher on that team because they had some dudes. But, I mean, if you're not the interior guys, yeah, that might, he really might have been. like He was probably in a developmental year. For I don't remember what the snap count was. But point being... A lot of these guys have either won a lot with the Chiefs, won s- plenty other places. My bad. It- there's Drew Tranquil. Uh, my bad. That was a Dylan fact. It's uh, he. <laughs> It's actually Houston he was drafted, then traded to 49ers Oh, yeah, mid-day. no bleep. No, that's on me, too. No, that's on me, too. I, I completely forgot about it. I just I think of him as a Niner. I guess it's because he took a real jump there in San Francisco. But, yeah, that's a great point.
7: That'll happen sometimes. Sometimes you'll put Kyler Murray in a stat when he didn't play. It's, <laughs> it's what happened. I was right
2: in the end, but it's what happens. Listen, still, folks, in it's- facts, still in facts, still stats. If it's live radio and you insist on 100% accuracy, you you found the wrong medium. Facts. We're doing our best. That's why we got a dump button. Uh, Anyway, Jerry Tranquil. Great for him, to your point, Dylan. And also, I like that the Chiefs are embracing, like, yeah, no, we've got the most famous fan in the world. Bleep your parlay. Like, that's good energy to bring. I like that a lot. And I'm not talking about Henry Winkler, although also he's tweeted about it, too. And shout out Henry Winkler. What a world we live in. Next up here from Andy Reid, he uh, he talks about Travis Kelsey's energy in this game. But first, is asked about the play that MVS made there at the end.
14: Yeah, it was no, it wasn't hard to call. I mean, just a couple of words. Um, <laughs> it, it, uh, um, it it was zero blitz. We knew it was going to be zero blitz, and uh, or at least had a good idea. I mean, you never really know, but but we thought we knew. So, and it was and. It got MVS, you know, in a great position right there. I'm losing my voice here. Uh, got him in a great position uh, to make the play. Uh, Travis, <coughs> it's
8: unlikely you've seen him quite some time. During the week, he was talking about how this game meant more to him than any other game. <coughs> certainly before the game and after
14: the game, he looked like he was pumped up. What's yeah, yeah, listen, he's, he's – Travis is always fired up. You know, he's always fired up. Um, <laughs> but, but with the playoffs, he's even more so. And so, um, I never worry about him being ready to go. He's always right there, and um, just brings that emotion uh, to to the guys. That, that uh, just secure feeling that we're going to go get this thing, uh, no matter what. And don't think of anything, don't think of anything opposite that. We're we're going to get it. So I appreciate his attitude always, uh, and he's just. Added a little bit to it, and I think that week off helped him. Um, so, just uh, to, for him to um, be able to get a little bit of rest and get in there and go.
2: Little extra rest to to ramp up Travis Kelsey. Let's get another week, gets another week off going into the Super Bowl. Now the uh, the stars are aligning pretty pretty nicely, and then also good stuff on the MVS play call there. First of all, a little joke because we're in a good mood. I think the question was probably, was the MVS play call hard for you to call? Because you're putting a lot of trust in a big shot there. And then that's how you get the Andy Reid little joke of, wasn't hard for me to call at all, just a couple words. Come on. We're, We're back. But also, the trust there, the call there, and they knew what was coming. And maybe it's not super surprising. The Ravens needed to make a big play there out of that, out of all of that. Any a first down was going to be enough, but that's still a, a difficult play to, to, to talk yourself into. And then Mahomes to MVS Ice's a trip to the Super Bowl. I mean, the first highlight we played tonight was a Marquez Valdez Scantling highlight. And I thought those days were probably about gone. Amazing. Next up here for uh, Andy Reid, he, he eventually goes on to be asked about getting back to the Super Bowl, but but first here talks about the team's doubts or you know, the doubts about the team, what followed them this year, and, and what kind of stands out to him about this year's Chiefs squad.
14: Yeah, I mean, easily you could fold. Um, I told you that after our game, our last game against Buffalo, I never, I, the thing that stood out to me most was just the positive attitude on the sideline. Through the highs and the lows of positive head. That kind of tells you the season, um, gives you the whole story there. The guys uh, never doubted. Uh, they just, you know, they put themselves in a position where you had a chance, and they, they, you know, they took care of that. I mean, a great, great attitude on this team.
12: Just related to that, Andy. I mean, when you <coughs> the story of how you got here. Is that, is that what it is? This, this is a little different chapter this season than it's
14: been. Yeah. Listen, I, I think so. It, Uh, One thing, Vahe, it's tough to back to back to back seasons. That's a tough thing. You played a lot of football games, um, and and you've got to work through that. You know, you got to work through that mentally. That's not an easy thing. And so, um, I'm so happy for the guys and how they how they handled that. You know, and and when when it came time to put the hammer down, uh, they put the hammer down, which was which was important. And the best part is we're not done. You know, we we've got another game and. Uh, you love these seasons to carry on as long as they can possibly carry on, and, and we're there. And that's uh, and now we 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 got to get right back at it and, and start grinding for whoever wins this this game here.
2: He's right. They got to grind through it, but also everything that has happened to this point this year, seeing more of the clips that kind of filter through Twitter and everything about the, the seeing the moods and the celebrations on the field and the excitement that will be on that flight back to Kansas City is just all incredible. And not a place I thought this team would be. And I was, again, maybe I'm trying to just sort of mark my place in history as we're going to spend the next couple of weeks about nobody believing in the Chiefs. I was never out on this team because they have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and this defense. I, I, if I had to bet my life, I'd be dead now because I would have put it on Baltimore to win that game. I did not place a shiny nickel on a Baltimore Raven thing. In fact, I think I lost my only bet because it was on Rasheed Rice who would have had it if he wouldn't have had that play called back. Oop, that's annoying. It's okay. I'm over it. Nobody cares. It's okay. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, uh, besmirching my Betting losses. I would happily trade that for this. But also, I will not lean the other direction and try to convince anybody that everyone just thought the Chiefs would figure it out. Because I thought the Chiefs had a chance to scratch and claw through some games that ended up hovering around 30 or 40 point totals. Today, 27. Not for the Chiefs, but for both teams combined. But it was going to be hard. The path the Chiefs were on this year was difficult both in their own flaws and weaknesses and in their opponents and the things they had to overcome. But they're back again, and that's an unbelievable thing for this stretch of success that they've been on. Next up here from Andy Reid. Did he doubt that they would be back? Plus, the defense's game plan and everything that came together. They're excited to hopefully hear him talk about maybe he's getting an In Spags We Trust t-shirt. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, but first... Talking about the success this team has had over these last five years.
14: Yeah. So, yeah, so what you get when I say that, what you get is everybody's best shot. So every week you're going to get the best shot, and um, and so you, you get, there no there are no games off for any of that stuff. Not any in the NFL, anyways. But there are no games off. There's no light opponent. Um, you, you've got to bring it every week, and so um, again. To be in this position, that tells you a little bit of something about the mental makeup of this football team.
13: All right, we got, talk, hey
8: guys, we got to go really fast here. Go ahead, Mark.
13: When you talked earlier, Andrew, about sort of keeping hope up throughout all this season, did you, did you have your hope <coughs> any moment that you sort of doubted your ability to be back in this spot?
14: I've never doubted, no. No, uh, that's not how we roll. So, never doubt.
8: Go ahead. Uh, the, uh, your defensive game plan, how difficult was that to come up with, and how do you feel like you guys executed?
14: I thought, I, I thought we did a great job. That's an explosive offense. Um, you start looking at categories of, of efficiency, and they're, um, they're number one in a few spots there. So uh, you've got to make sure when you come in with that that you keep that quarterback somewhat in the pocket the best you can, and he's, a, he's an unbelievable competitor. So I, I thought our guys were able to do that up front. Um, <clears throat> I thought our linebackers did a good job. We asked them to um, – not only cover tight ends, a great tight end, but also uh, these receivers at times. So we could, you know, Spags had a variety of things he was throwing at, him, at, at the offense, and I thought our guys did a nice job with all that.
2: Last thing from Andy Reid, staying on the defensive side, his thoughts on the shirt that I just mentioned in Spags We Trust that many of the defensive players have been rocking. Is Andy Reid going to get one?
14: Yeah, no. I heard it was because his wife moved in, you know, to back here, you know, to Kansas City, which is a great thing. She's also a phenomenal cook. We appreciate her desserts. She makes great, great banana cream pudding, uh, which she's done every week this this season. So, um, anyways, um, Spags, Spags, I've known him a long time since the old college days. So I, I just uh, appreciated his effort and putting all these game plans together. He's not, you know.
11: He and I are about almost
14: the same age, so we're, we've seen a couple games.
2: Hey, look, maybe uh, maybe we got to get uh, get Maria on one of the In Spags we trust shirts. I mean, Spags has been short for Spagnolo. She's also Spagnola. I think you got to trust in uh, in her desserts and in Steve's game plans. And that is a uh, hell of a way to ride into the Super Bowl. This has been the Sports Radio 810 WHB post game show right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. We'll take a timeout and come back and hear from Patrick Mahomes next to hear what the quarterback has to say about the fact that his seasons never end before the AFC championship game. And they've only even ended there twice. Four Super Bowls in five years, four Super Bowls in his six years as a starter. We'll hear from Mahomes next.
1: Twelfth play of the drive here for Baltimore. Shotgun. Jackson. Looking. Jackson. Middle. End zone. Intercepted. And it's Bush with the pick. Goes down in the end zone. Turnover Ravens a huge one. Kansas City takes over. Terrible decision right
3: there by Lamar Jackson. Some of the receivers look winded. He's looking for Isaiah Likely in the back of the end zone. And there's three Chiefs defenders down there. And likely gets bumped into, but push walks away with the interception. This Kansas City Chiefs defense, they've been all over
2: it. They were all over it, and we had plenty to choose from, but that is our defensive play of the game brought to you by Slagle Fence. Slagle Fence, as Kansas City's preferred fence company, has been serving the KC metro areas for over a decade, offering security and style. Call 816-863-6159 or go to slaglefence.com for your free estimate. We'll flip over to hear from Patrick Mahomes in just a second as the Kansas City Chiefs punch their ticket back to the Super Bowl yet again with a, I was going to say nail-biting, but truly just a low-scoring, never-restful victory over the Baltimore Ravens. The Chiefs opened it up, and they looked like the better team, and they looked like they had their offense humming. They had one big Ravens play that slipped through their fingers, literally. And then after that, it was all the Kansas City Chiefs fence. That Steve Spagnuolo unit, every depth had players who made plays today. And frankly, I, I don't know that there was a player out there who didn't make a play today for that Chiefs defense. When Dion Bush is making arguably the defensive play of the game. Again, Legereus needs punch out, the strip sack. There's a lot of options in, in terms of what this defense did today. Just some great reps by guys like Trent McDuffie. When you have everybody contributing that way, and frankly, you need everybody contributing that way, if you're going to hold what was statistically the best offense in football to 10 points, this Ravens team was really, really good. D- don't feel like you got to talk yourself out of that. Go ahead and embrace that fact, because it means what the Chiefs did defensively today was even more impressive. It wasn't all easy, it wasn't all fun on the offensive side, but that uh, opened up well, and then they did just enough to put 17 points on the board. So it's time to hear from the quarterback of it all. Patrick Mahomes' press conference is brought to you by Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC and Olathe Kia. Get a worry-free money-back guarantee on new vehicles when you buy from Brogdon. Visit BrogdonAutomotive.com. Few questions here for Patrick Mahomes, opening up with the throw to MVS that iced the game.
4: Yeah, um, yeah, Coach Reed had the confidence to give us a chance to throw the ball in that situation. Um, they they brought brought some pressure. had very obviously were very concerned with what Travis was doing, and um, I looked at I think it was Rasheed first. The safety cut him, and it, it gave MVS the free lane. And I just put it up and let him make a play. And in those situations, you put it up. You don't want to overthrow it, so you just put it up there one on one, let a guy make a play. And um, he did that. He made a great catch um, and still the deal. What does there to be in
8: yet another Super Bowl? I assume you never get tired of
4: this. No, you don't, you don't, you don't take it for granted either. Um, you never know how many you're going to get to um, if, or if you're going to get to any. Um, and so it truly is special. Um just to do it with these guys after what we've been through all season long, guys coming together, um, it really is special. But uh, I, I told them, I mean, the job's not done. I mean, our job now is to prepare ourselves to play a good football team in the Super Bowl and try to get that ring. Patrick, uh, Kelsey during the week looked like he was particularly
8: fired up. He said uh, at one point this was, he wanted this one more than any other game. <laughs> and then he looked pumped up before and after. the game. What, what got into him this week, or was it just another week?
4: Yeah, he's one of those guys that he, he loves to challenge. Um, and I mean, all week, I mean, rightfully so, we heard about how great their defense was. Um, and they were. I mean, they shut us out in the second half. Um, but for Travis, that's like, all right, what, what can I do against this great defense? Um, and so he, he has that mindset, and he led us like that. Every single practice, every single walkthrough, he was focused in, he was locked in, bringing energy. Um, and it makes my job a lot easier when you have a guy that's in that room, that tight end room, that receiver room, and he can lead those young guys and show them how we do and, and uh, lead us uh, to the Championship.
2: I realize now I haven't uh, done like a stat line reading of any sort yet because it's not that important in the grand scheme of things. But for Travis Kelsey, it helps put that game into perspective. 11 receptions for 116 yards, and that touchdown you heard earlier, he caught all 11 targets, by the way. Not just because he's had a drop here or there, which he has, but also just because every time Patrick Mahomes targeted Travis Kelsey, it turned into a completion. Similar day for Rasheed Rice, 9 targets, 8 catches, MVS 2 for 2, Justin Watson caught 1 of his 2, Isaiah Pacheco caught all 4 of his all that to say, just not a game filled with mistakes for the Chiefs today, which was the thing I feared most in this game. It's what made me feel like it would be disingenuous to pretend that I had the utmost confidence in the Chiefs coming into this game. Was because they've they've had self inflicted wounds, they've had crushing mistakes at bad times most of the year. They got they had enough juice to get pie to get by uh, the Lions and Bills. But I thought the Ravens were going to get a couple of those mistakes and then make them pay for it. Instead, the Chiefs forced those mistakes. They capitalized on it and they made the Ravens pay for it. To me, that's the story of this game. Maybe secondarily behind just what the Chiefs' defense went out there and did. Next up here for Patrick Mahomes, uh, a few things about you know the the season as a whole and being on the road and being underdogs in back-to-back weeks. But first, him talking about for uh, what the defense did against Lamar Jackson today.
4: Yeah, it's, it's special because that's a great team and a great quarterback. Um, and uh, Spaggs, it seems like when the games get bigger, when the challenges get higher, he performs even better. Um, and um, the guys execute the game plan well. Um, they got timely turnovers that played down down at the goal line, punching the ball out. Uh, I think it was Snead and recovering it. That was, that was a timely turnover, obviously. And um, whenever they're rolling like that, I have to kind of manage my game. Um, that's stuff that I've learned throughout the season is – even if we're not having the success that I want to have, the defense is rolling and getting stops. So let's just take the, take the safe choice, get the ball out of my hand, don't turn the ball over, and let's go win a football game.
8: Last two, we'll go Sam and then Adam. it's the first time
3: you
4: had to go on the road to get here, underdogs twice. What was the experience like of, of this particular path? Yeah, it was cool. Um, just going to two hostile environments, having to come together as a team and, and to win those games and, and hold that trophy, um, it really was special. Um, but if I had my choice, I'd rather do it at Arrowhead. So we'll try uh, – after we go through the Super Bowl and hopefully win it, we're going to try to get it back at Arrowhead uh, next year. Last two – go, oh, go ahead. I just what was the most trying
3: moment? Um, you mentioned some up and down. What was the
4: most trying moment for this season? You guys had yeah, I mean, I, I don't like losing any, any games. So every loss I feel like is tough. Um, but we always had everything we wanted in front of us, and we had that mindset, and Coach Reed preaches that every single day we come into the building – Um, and, and no one hung their head, and everybody was ready to go, and now we're going to the Super Bowl, and like I said, we're not done.
2: They're not done, and they, uh looks like right now, again, just things at halftime. It looks like it might be the Detroit Lions. They opened the season with them. Now they could end the season with them as the Lions are up 24-7 to over the Niners at halftime. I don't know who started with the ball or whatever, but we'll keep an eye on that. Again, you can listen to that down on ESPN Kansas City as well. One more from Mahomes, one more chunk here. Starting off with a question about that play where he scrambled and threw it to Travis Kelsey. There were a couple of Mahomes Kelsey connections today that I don't have the words for, but that one was special. Here's how Mahomes said it came together.
4: I mean, of course, Travis ran the wrong route, so and he ended up getting the football. Um, but uh, no, we were the offensive line did a great job protecting. I was kind of I was trying to find a way to run, but they were they were doing a good job of containing me within the with the D line. Um, and then Travis just worked his way to get open, and when he's one on one, I give him a chance, and I threw the ball, and he made a heck of a catch. Um, but, uh, I mean, he's a special player, man. And I, and I always say, it, but when the lights get brighter, he plays better. Um, and that's the true, uh, mark of a champion. And, that, and that's what he is. Last
8: one, Adam.
11: There's, there's no different. The only
4: time I've seen Coach Reed, like kind of a little bit more excited is after winning the Super Bowl. Other than that, it's like the same exact person. But that's what you need. You need your leader to be calm, win, loss, no matter what it is. The same person come to work every single day and put that work in, um, and, and let us uh, be who we are. And he talks about showing your personality um, and lets us be who we are every single day. But he, he's that, has that demeanor to show that no matter what the challenge is, we can go out there and uh, attack it.
2: That's the story for Andy Reid, day in and day out, year in and year out. He is that guy. He he is the level-headed coach that can be frustrating after a loss when everything's just a tick off. And then the AFC Championship came, comes around, and, yeah, I mean, they were good enough offensively. They have the right people at the top leading this team. And now they're going back to the Super Bowl. It is unbelievable. Believable on so many levels. If you've got it right now, Jim, let's go ahead and, and grab Nick Allegretti here. Uh, Nick Allegretti was on the field in this video, and, and I, maybe the the, uh, the actual questions and conversation, I'm not sure. But the video is from our friend Harold Koontz of uh, Fox 4, does great work. And uh, you can follow him on Twitter at HaroldRKoontz3, where he tweeted this out. But, uh, he has a little conversation here with Nick Allegretti, who I, I haven't even gotten to hear all this audio. I just saw how emotional Allegretti was in the, uh, in the shot. Obviously, he is in there starting for Joe Tooney. A chance, I didn't think this was going to happen because I think Nick Allegretti is a really damn good football player. But he, there was a chance that he was going to be the quote unquote weak link in this offensive line. The new part where if you were going to see this offensive line struggle against the Ravens, The conversation was going to be, oh, they lost an all-pro caliber player in Joe Tooney, and they replaced him with who? Nick Allegretti. Now, if you are familiar with his game, you would understand and you would agree that he's a starting caliber guard right now and has been for a while. The Chiefs are lucky to have Nick Allegretti to be their sixth offensive lineman. But today, he wasn't one of the, he wasn't six. He was one of five. He was the starting left guard in the AFC Championship game, and uh, he was emotional on the field after the game
13: appreciative to be part of this organization uh, I just want to see my family I uh, I just yeah, yeah. it was an emotional week and guys, anything let's go win one in ah man, the fans were incredible support, I tried to stay off Twitter but every time I opened it it was a ton of support towards me and uh, man, I'm not used to seeing anything on Twitter about myself so that was incredible and got shots going another one, let's go win one all right,
1: buddy. Good job. Nick, the focus of this
13: team, especially you, to have to fill in with Joe out. What's it mean for you guys to accomplish the task, and everything you had to go through the adversity? Uh, it's incredible. I mean, you, you you can't understate what Joe Tooney's meant to this team, and he'll never get enough credit for what he's done with both organizations he's been a part of. Um, and you know, the guys, I had, I had a challenge. The guys knew that, and they were there for me all week, helping with communication, making sure that I was, you know, ingrained in this offensive line, this starting five this week. And, God, I'm, so, I'm so proud of this team, so proud of that offensive line, and honored to be a part of it.
2: That is fantastic stuff from Nick Allegretti. Not used to seeing stuff about myself on Twitter. Tried to stay off social media. How about this is a real left turn? And every time I opened it, all I saw was support, believing what he was going to do in that spot. And again, I. I've been Team Allegretti for a while. I was surprised and really glad they were able to bring him back this off because I thought some team was going to kind of Andrew Wiley him and say, "Hey, we know you, you kind of been forced in to, to to service before, but we're not. We think we're going to make you a starter." I thought Allegretti was going to get that deal this off season, and he didn't. Comes back to Kansas City, spends the year as the sixth offensive lineman, and then in the AFC Championship game, he steps in for an incredible player in Joe Tooney. And that's the game he has, and that's the emotion after the game. That's awesome, awesome stuff. Let's go ahead and take a timeout here. And uh, Steve Spagnuolo also got a got a little sideline, a little on-field uh, chat in. We usually, don't get to hear from him again until Thursdays, and I am not willing to wait. It might be next Thursday to hear from Spags. I don't know how we're going to do all that this week, but I am uh, I am not willing to wait any longer. We'll hear from Steve Spagnuolo coming up next here in the Sports Radio 810 WHP Postgame Show. <laughs>
1: Running the football. Take the handoff. Jackson will step up. Jackson hit from behind. The ball's not free. Kansas City's got it. Carl Loft is on the recovery. The pressure too much, and Lamar Jackson did not see it from behind. Omenahu gets in there and gets home. That's why they bring a guy like Charles O'Menna who over from the 49ers. He right there is
3: able to just use a swipe and get by Stanley, that left tackle, and come around and get Lamar Jackson. He's going to throw a long swipe with the right
13: arm, knocks the ball loose, one heck of a play.
2: It was an incredible play by Charles Aminahu. He makes the play, and it's our play of the game. Brought to you by Central Bank of the Midwest. At Central Bank of the Midwest, every customer is a first-round draft pick. Central Bank of the Midwest: strong roots, endless possibilities. Member FDIC. So, talking about Aminahu, I want to go ahead and let you hear some audio. You may have heard if you've been listening all show, uh, or if you've been in and out at any point. Just about let's thirty seconds or something. But uh, you hear Charles who make the big play there, you hear good analysis as to why he has been so important and so good for this team, and then not too long after that play you heard, he goes out with a non-contact knee injury. He's quickly ruled questionable, goes to the locker room, and then he's ruled out pretty shortly after that. That's all pretty concerning. However, KSHB 41's Aaron Ladd caught up with Aminahou after the game, and who's own diagnosis was a whole lot better news.
11: This is what I came here for,
3: bro. This is exactly what I came here for. Make big plays, help the team win. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be good. Like, I know I'm not done. I'm playing. I'm going to be straight. We're here. You're playing. You're playing at Super Bowl 58. Yes, yes. You think I you look like somebody's not going to play in Super Bowl? No, I don't. I'm there. Come on, bro. Congrats, man. Go enjoy that.
12: Yep, yep, yep.
2: That's huge. Now, he's still got a lot of adrenaline, but also he's been in the locker room at that point, been ruled out, been with the trainers, got back out on the field, wasn't on crutches or whatever. So, you know, him talking about, uh, you know, not looking like a guy who's not going to play. Amazing. Also, real quick from the NFC side, and then again, uh, we're playing it over on ESPN Kansas City. We will continue to uh, hopefully bring you a good chunk of the uh, the late game coverage uh, here on 810 but right now the niners just kicked a field goal a little bit ago and the lions are getting the ball back about 4 minutes into the second half so 11 minutes left in the third quarter but the lions will be getting the football back up by 14 24 to 10 lions 1102 to go in the third quarter Niners just kicked a field goal to get to their 10th point. Uh, Christian McCaffrey touchdown earlier and then a uh, field goal just now. Also missed a field goal earlier on. Uh, but the 24-14 and the Lions are uh, within striking distance 26 minutes away from joining the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Whoever it is that gets there though is going to have to deal with one heck of a defense. Um, was this also from Harold, Dylan? I, I've forgotten already. Harold Koontz of Fox 4. Uh, we uh, pulled some audio from him a second ago. Again, check out uh, everything for him on Twitter and uh, across everywhere. Yes, here we go. Yep, this was uh, uh, at Harold R. Koontz 3. He, he tweeted about uh, Steve Spagnolo and uh, he has a little video of an uh, interaction on the field with Spags and specifically asking him about that in Spags We Trust t-shirt that all of us are looking to throw our money at.
1: Hey, brother. Hey, man. Congratulations. Thank you. I can't this tell you defense, how. This defense was outstanding today. How are you able to just dial it up against such a It crowd? was all about the players. they got, we've got, I've told you this before, we've got the, the highest number of most passionate cerebral players I've ever been around, and they take a game plan and they work it. And I'm so proud of him. couldn't tell you. I'm so happy. What
11: went into this game, plan, man? I mean, this was. Ah, just this a lot of grit. Didn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a serious, serious offense that's over there. That quarterback, I don't think I would want to play against him again. Very scary. They did a great job. Great offensive coach, great team. But our guys stepped up, kept making plays, and here we are. What's it feel to see that shirt that says, In Spags, we trust? I, 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 was, I was humbled and embarrassed, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but those guys had fun with it. So thank God we ended up doing well because I would have felt really bad if we didn't. Another Super Bowl. How's it feel? Yeah, great. I'll kind of suck this in for a little while. But then we go back to work. And these things aren't good going to unless you win them. So we're going to go try to find a way to win it.
2: That is so good. And he's right. I mean, I guess it's good that it worked out today. Because <laughs> if this would have been 40 to 17 Ravens, yeah, I guess those shirts wouldn't be as hot a commodity.
7: Not as bad as uh, Justin Tucker's. Woo! Pre-game escapades have Woo! aged for sure. That's so weird, man. Definitely, as a kicker, you don't want to be taking the biggest bat to the Hornets' nest before like, the game.
2: And I, he's he's not just a kicker, right? He's Justin Tucker. He's he's maybe the greatest kicker in the in NFL history. That might be the issue. You know, that might have been why he. Oh, well, Rookie kickers S- ever doing that? You're right. No, that's no, that no. is ju- that's Justin Tucker. I don't even think
7: Harrison Bucker. We know he wouldn't do that.
2: Oh wait, I'm. I'm Justin Tucker, the greatest kicker in NFL history. I sing opera. <laughs> let me go. Uh, let me go swing on through and just warm up right in front of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Sure, that'll go well. And smile in their face about it as well,
7: because like you could sell it as I do this all the time, and tell right. you're smiling in their face, and also putting your helmet with two footballs lined like just trying to. You know when you're just trying to spread out all your toys as yes. a child? Yes. There you go.
2: You're trying to claim your you're trying to claim your area. Yep. Justin Tucker brought out a picnic blanket and shook it out and laid it down right over the goal line. 100%. I also cuz I don't want to be super I don't want to be reductive about this game I think there's there's two ways we can talk about it I think we've spent most of this show so far doing it The right way and the first way Which is to talk about this game from the perspective of Holy bleeping bleep, the Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl Then in the Next sort of little mid, Middle ground might be Holy bleep, the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl And wow, the stars of this game Were great The Chiefs defense, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey Isaiah Pacheco, Rasheed Rice Spags, Andy Reid there's that. And then there's some of the minutia that I think we'll probably talk about throughout more of this week. I'm excited to re-watch this game and and figure out what it... re-experiencing some of the highs, knowing how it ends will probably feel better. And not being so stressed out by the lows will probably feel better. But, like, I am extremely interested to see how all of that hits me and what the what the, what the individual mechanics of this game ended up really being. But just sort of leaning towards some of the more semantic details of this game. It, the Chiefs didn't come out here and blow out a fake team. You know what I mean? And again, I, I think this is still actually making it only more impressive for what the Chiefs have done. But the Dolphins got to Arrowhead, and it was like this... This team at this level of, of injury, a little bit of a pretender. Not that they weren't really good all year, but we saw how their season ended and all the injuries and they get to a freezing arrowhead and all that and Tua. And they weren't frauds, but you saw it, Right. Chiefs went to Buffalo. That's a really good team that had one specific area in in the middle of their defense where they were really banged up in a way that gave me more hope in the Chiefs offense. But what the Chiefs were able to do defensively to corral Josh Allen and to make it truly a team win in that game was really impressive. But the Ravens were the number one seed in the AFC for good reason. They were this team all year and they got Mark Andrews back for this game. They entered this game Healthy. The Chiefs entered this game without a starter on either side of the ball. Joe Tooney and Willie Gay. And that's not even going into count, you know, Brian Cook and some of the other ways this season has evolved in a weird ways. Just strictly like this week's injury report. But in this game, what's so. I think what's beautiful and also what's confusing and frustrating about football is that you can get so many fundamentally different little games within one game. And, and this might have started for me when I started doing this post-game show and, and started taking notes drive-to-drive drive and kind of having little summaries of how each drive went or what the big play of each drive was and all of that. But this game started as perfectly as it could have gone for the Chiefs. The First offensive and defensive drives were perfect. They went for fourth down on their first offensive drive. It turned into a touchdown, which, by the way, aren't you glad. Then the second Ravens drive, the Chiefs defense, started out great, ended with three chunk plays, fourth down again, Ravens score, Lamar Jackson escapes Leo Chanel, that whole sequence. And so you've got a great start, a hiccup, and then a chance for the Chiefs To take the game back again. Up 14-7. They get the ball back on the Baltimore 33. Zero points. Chris Jones ends the next drive on a three and out. They get the ball back. And then they go three and out themselves. And then the Ravens get the ball back before the two minute warning. The Chiefs force another three and out and get the ball back. Pause there again. Okay? Right at that moment. pre halftime mind you. There are like three games here. Chiefs' flawless start en route to a blowout. I never thought they were going to blow them out, but you know what I mean. Like the kind of start that would with consistency be a blowout. The hiccup that reminds you the Ravens are a good football team who aren't just here to bleep around. They get the lead. The defense keeps giving them the ball back, but the offense keeps falling short. Now the game is a is a Chiefs defensive steel curtain situation, <laughs> and can the offense get anything going? So the to get the ball back before the two minute warning. The Chiefs force another three and out, which is where I paused. They get them the ball back again, and Rasheed Rice scores a touchdown, and this thing is cooking. But there's a the flag on the play. So the whole there that made offensive line Twitter totally apoplectic, that turned seven points into three points, and it's 17-7 at halftime. 17-7 at halftime is a win in a vacuum coming into this game, but it was stressful in real life in the linear time of the way we all watched and, and, and enjoyed that game. The second half ended 3-0 Ravens. (laughs) And I guess that in a vacuum you might have taken as well. Say, alright, have a four-point lead at the half and you'll be okay. But that was not a game of just like Sim half. That was a game of the Chiefs offense not being able to find anything leaving the defense to hold and hold and hold and get the ball back and get the ball back and get the ball back. And the only time the life comes back into the veins of the offense, truly, is when they have a chance to ice it, and they do. I said this earlier. I don't know if we'll rewatch a whole lot of this season And maybe we will, if they do win the whole thing, maybe Kadarius Tony's drops and Instagram rants or the wide receivers issues or Juwan Taylor's penalties. Maybe those will all be things that become hilarious little mile markers in a season that ended the best it could have ended if they do win in two weeks. But this season wasn't, how do I put this? traditionally fun they're the three seed that's great for a lot of teams but that's below the standard for the Chiefs they won the AFC West that's huge but there were real questions about Patrick Mahomes's offense and that's below the standard but it's the best defense he's ever had and as you heard Steve Spagnolo say in that audio it's the the best group he's had for a lot of reasons And it really, again, when I when I picked the Ravens to win this game by the massive margin of one single field goal, I thought it would be because if it happened that way, and again, I wasn't very confident, but I had to make a pick. I didn't want to be disingenuous, so I picked the Ravens. But I thought if it ended that way, it would be the Chiefs season ending in the way that it started. By being just off a tick. And instead. This Chiefs game. The AFC Championship game. Ended in a more perfect. More fitting type of way. A game that didn't cross the 30 point mark. With two quarterbacks. Who will most likely have four MVPs after NFL honors this year. And now there's a chance the season ends exactly how it started with Chiefs-Lions. But the real story of this year shouldn't actually be the Chiefs' offensive struggles almost killed them. The story of this season should be the Chiefs defense kept this year alive and then played unbelievable football in the AFC championship game before they will be asked to do it again in the Super Bowl. It's really incredible. It's going to be very hard for this season not to be defined by Mahomes and Kelsey because it's very hard for any part of this team not to be defined by Mahomes and Kelsey. But this season belongs to the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Real quick check in on the NFC game. I don't know who it was, but a member of the Detroit Lions had an interception, hit them in the face. The ball went up into the air. And then Brandon Ayuk bobbled it, bobbled it, and brought it in. So the Niners are in the red zone now. That game probably, it wouldn't have ended. It's six minutes left in the third quarter. But the Lions should have the football deep in their own territory up by two touchdowns. And instead, the Niners are uh, six yards or so away from making it a one-score game. So, tell you what, both of these NFC teams, I think it'd be more fun to have the Lions. We can talk about the villainous role of it all in a minute. But... This game's sure looking like it's going to cook up a pretty hot final, so we'll uh, we'll bring you the fourth quarter, at least the majority of that, here on Sports Radio eight hundred and ten.
7: You know what's wild is that feels almost like remember was it? It wasn't Lenore because he wasn't drafted yet. Who was the DB that dropped it for the Niners against the Rams in like the third? Yeah, quarter? I can't remember who it was, but I remember what you're talking about. It's exactly the same feeling. Like Lions, if you see that on TV, you it almost is a bad omen.
2: So oh weird. yeah, that's the. That you had opportunities to feel like you were in route to putting the game away. And we'll see if the Lions do that with any of the remaining opportunities or if the Niners make them pay for letting one of those opportunities go. That's also the Raven story here. I don't want to, again, like miss the fact that if Zay Flowers doesn't reach for the end zone... You put an extra touchdown on the board that never got there, and we're talking about a game that settles around 17-17, and then you figure it out from there. Brandon, I had a touchdown, by the way, pending t- uh, the PAT 24-17 Lions incoming, but the Lions are about to get the ball back. We'll see. Let's not, let's not count that uh, Chiefs-Lions Super Bowl before it hatches, okay? See where this lands. But... Zay Flowers puts the ball in the end zone without holding on to the ball. It is a game of inches. This happens all the time. But if you go, man, I mean, the Chiefs defense was two inches away from losing their chance to call this a master class defensively. Well, sometimes weird, kind of random stuff happens. And if you want to think all the way back to, let me check the calendar, last weekend, plays like that tilt games all the time. But they don't end them unless they happen in the final moments of the fourth quarter. McCole Hardman put the ball through the end zone, and that game should not have been as stressful as it was. Zay Flowers puts the ball in the end zone, and the Chiefs said, Yep, thank you for uh, taking your best shot for seven off the board. We'll take the football, and you are actually... (kisses) Not going to score another touchdown, now that we think about it. Thank you. Lamar Jackson heaves the ball into the end zone. Thank you. Those are huge moments. They're coin flip moments. They're toss-up moments. Whatever you want to embrace the fact that football is really hard to predict and very random at times. The Chiefs came down on the right side of it there. And you should not apologize for that. This defense rules. And this team's going back to the Super Bowl. We'll take a timeout. More Sports Radio 810, WHB Post Game Show coming up next.
1: 16th play of the drive. Second and goal from the two. Handoff. Pacheco redirects to the left. And he slices in for the touchdown. The Chiefs regain the lead. Isaiah Pacheco, angry runner. Hater, 137,
2: Kansas City. Isaiah Pacheco had an excellent game, and I'm going to give him the green light, brought to you by Green Light Dispensary. Outstanding customer service, superior product, and continuously vote at Missouri's best. Open seven days a week. Find a location near you today at greenlightdispensary.com. Alright, so we've got news from Lions-Niners. To be honest, I've only caught the glimpses of it. I have still not seen the actual play that happened. What I have seen is several tweets ranging from Oh No to Not Like This to Oh No Lions to This Game Is Over to Jameer Gibbs' fumble deep in the Lions' own territory. The Niners recover they are now, I believe, about two yards away from tying this game up. If you want to hear the play-by-play, you can over on ESPN, Kansas City, 15, 10 AM, 94.5 FM. And I thought we may have a little more time to stretch our legs and talk about Chiefs-Ravens if this game got uncompetitive, but a Christian McCaffrey touchdown has just tied things up, extra point pending. It will be 24-24 to 24 with three minutes left in the third quarter in San Francisco, One of these teams will earn the right to play the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl in Las Vegas in two weeks. No more, though, uh, waiting or wondering or nothing to prove. For our friend Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. You can also hear him on the 41 is the Mike podcast with Nick Jacobs. Matt Derrick's brought to you by Cap One Lending. The freedom loan at Cap One Lending is the exclusive loan that helps you pay your home off in less than half the time and gives you access to your home's equity without having to refinance. Go to Cap1Lending.com. Matt, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl after a win over the Baltimore Ravens that totaled all of twenty-seven points. What would you have thought if I told you that was going to be the recipe, I don't know, let's say 8 to 10 weeks ago?
0: Uh, Let's see, 8 to 10 weeks
2: ago, so this is kind of, what, week
0: 21-ish? Yeah. Yeah. So if you I go back, it. I'm going back to week eleven. So the Chiefs are just kind of, only barely starting to fall apart.
2: And maybe I went too far. Maybe it should be like, uh, you know, let's let's say if I tell you, let's say if I tell you Christmas Day, you open up your uh, your <laughs> evening your evening Christmas dinner, and uh, what you see in there is a newspaper from the future, a ChiefsDigest.com story from the future that says Chiefs 17, Ravens 10, AFC Championship game.
0: Because you mention it, but you know, you say, hey, if you go back ten you know, ten weeks ago I mean that would have been after the Eagles lost. Yeah. So would have been twenty one seventeen lost to the Eagles and you would have said, Hey, the Eagles are the best team in the <laughs> NFC. That's not a terribly bad loss. Yeah. I mean you're you're still, what, you're 7-3, and three. yeah, you lost a, or, you, you, yeah, you're, you're, no, you're 7-2, yeah, you're 7-3, 7-3, 7-3, would
2: have been 3 at that point, you're yeah. Seven
0: and three. You're 7-3, you're 7-3, and three. and you're feeling pretty good, and then you beat the Raiders, and you're 8-3, and three, and you're still okay, and then you lose to the Packers, and you're like, eh, I don't know about that, and then you lose to the Bills, and you're like, well, that's okay, because you didn't really lose that game, Kadarius Tony cost mm-hmm. you that game, and then you beat the Patriots, and you're like, "This is okay." And then, yeah, you get the Christmas Day, and you're like, "This team is never going to win another football game." <laughs> um, and, I, and I, hey, I, I give props to if you, I, I, I'm assuming you played the sound from from Brett Beach. Yeah. Um, tonight, yeah, but did. That, that was that was a, a justified little rant there from I think Brett to say, yeah, you know what, hey, we we lose on you know Christmas Day the Raiders, and that was a gut check for the entire organization and really a wake up call. And I mean, to their credit, they're five and zero since then. and have played certainly the best football of the season in the last five games, and I think even the last three games you could say are probably the best three games that they've played all year in a row even discounting when they were 6 and 1 starting out. I mean, I think this three-game stretch is still the best. Um and, you know, I mean, there were a lot of questions and this team has responded. And I, hey, you know, Brett Beach, the team he's put together is in the Super Bowl. I think he I think he deserves a little, you know, opportunity to maybe do a little Hey, I know you guys don't think that I care about the wide receiver room, where hmm. I don't care about this team. But hey, look what I did! I took it to the Super Bowl again. So suck it.
2: <laughs> he didn't say that, but that he was meant the it. Subtext
0: of what yeah, I, I took away from it.
2: No, that was absolutely the subtext. Also, you said that so hard that I thought Dylan was doing a bit. I'm now realizing that no. Dylan was genuinely very concerned that you just said bleep it. My heart was oh, not no. supposed to go back up to 140 <laughs> I, again
7: tonight, Matt. So I appreciate that, buddy. I,
0: I, I am a reasonably professional amateur broadcaster.
7: That is what – say. I I did feel like that was the case. So.
2: You, he trusted you still. I you trusted know. You he trusted you completely. He trusted you, and I knew exactly mm. what you said. But in retrospect, like the, you're on a phone and our phone receivers and then through a board and back out again. It was pretty soft S. So, you know, just Dylan really heard the last three letters. That's all.
0: I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's the worst, and I, I mean, I hate to say it, but that's the worst curse word I'll ever use on the radio. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm assuming I'm allowed to say that. I was not allowed to say that in my eighth grade math class. But, well,
2: no, but, but I,
0: I, you know, I, I hear Jason Anderson. And I think I'm, I think I'm safe.
2: I, I think if that's your standard, you're definitely safe. I mean, it's, uh, it's the evening here on an on, on, uh, on an adult professional radio station. Uh, it's, in fact, it's so on the nose at eight o'clock. I'll tell you, you're listening to Sports Radio 810 WHB. Kansas City. You're welcome, Dylan. Uh also Matt, sorry to doubt you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Matt, does it feel good to prove the doubters wrong like the Chiefs did today? I've, sometimes that narrative comes and goes for me, for for Brett Veach, and certainly for anyone who ever doubted this Chiefs defense, which would have been a foolish thing to do. I very much understand. Also, it's a complicated game because the Chiefs offense scores 17 points here. But it's also complicated because it should have been at least 21 with the Rasheed Rice touchdown. And, and there are so many moving parts. I... We could pick a thousand things to talk about in this game, and I'm, I'm guessing we will talk about about a thousand things in this game. But in, in that zoomed out view, where where do you like to look first in terms of, of where the stories of this game have led us? I
0: mean, I think to me, I feel like the, at least the, the number one thing from this game and story is that the Chiefs had a plan and they executed it to a T. Their plan was to get a lead, it was to make Baltimore. Feel uncomfortable, put them in a position in which they're not used to being, which is behind in the game. It was to then, you know, get them out of their rhythm so they didn't feel comfortable running the football and force them to put the game into Lamar's hands and particularly his arm. And that's exactly what they did, and the plan worked. I mean, it has generally been their strategy with Steve Spagnuolo against the, against the Ravens. It's been, hey, let, let Lamar stand in the pocket all day long. I mean, ideally not seven and a half seconds, but, mm-hmm. you know, let him, let, him, let him stay in the pocket all day long. You just don't want him to scramble. You don't want him to get away from you. You don't want him to run for 100 yards, but let him beat you from the pocket. And if you can get a lead on the Ravens, the Ravens will, uh, for some strange reason, abandon running the football and try to, try to keep up with you. And they can't do it. And, and that's not not against this defense. And that was the simple plan that the Chiefs had, and, and they executed it. And it didn't matter that, you know, the Ravens made some great adjustments and played absolutely lights-out defense of their own mm-hmm. in the second half because they already got beat. I mean, they once they gave up the 17 points, I mean, Chiefs were bound to determine not to give up 18. And yeah. they, they did it. I mean, they, they had a couple of potential breaking moment but once again you know and i i i, I said this to someone else earlier but you know we talked about it before josh that we, we've been talking about the chiefs after games and saying you know hey there was a half dozen plays that determined this game and all of them went against the chiefs you know there mm-hmm. were you know maybe a half dozen 50 50 plays and they all went the other team's way and then the chiefs lose by three yep well this was a game where, other than Lamar throwing a 13-yard pass to himself, <laughs> I, think, I think all the biggest 50-50 plays all went the Chiefs' way, yeah. and that was ultimately what decided this game. I mean, the Chiefs, and I, I, I can't argue that, you know, experience well, and playoff experience wasn't a factor in this because one of these teams looked pretty chill and pretty focused and, and pretty energized for this game. And the other looked a little lost and confused at times
2: and this is I, I'm going to go ahead and give the full reset to try to you know at least at least accurately uh, reflect my spot in history of what I said this week the reason that I thought the Ravens would win this game by the massive blowout of an entire field goal uh, which is which is what I said much to my Twitter account chagrin right now um, was that essentially that it was that the Chiefs have gone through this season with with two options essentially either they make mistakes and the other team takes advantage of them and they lose the game because of it or they make mistakes and the defense is too good or Mahomes and Kelsey are too good, and they overcome those anyway. My working theory going into this game, which, by the way, I did not bet on the Ravens at any point, so I just don't want that turn of phrase to be used against me. I did not bet against Patrick Mahomes. I sort of half-heartedly picked against them because I have to, you know, make picks on things. I digress. I My, my logic in this game was when those mistakes are made— the Ravens will have a better chance of capitalizing on them than any team they've already played this year. Like, they would be the best of the best to do that, and that that those self-inflicted wounds would eventually be fatal. The crazy thing is that those mistakes and those wounds came from the Ravens. And, to your point, the Chiefs won the toss-up plays, the 50-50 balls, the things that have been going against them all year. I don't know if you have a working theory, if there is a theory on why the Chiefs ended up on the right side tonight, if that is playoff experience like you mentioned or if it's just football's random and sometimes it works out the way that it did but but that entire portion of this game to me feels like the second biggest storyline of all of it
0: well and you know and, and I mean and to, to kind of reset your point because I think what I'm hearing you say is that you just don't believe in Patrick Mahomes yeah that's right that,
2: yeah that's what I said um, god because,
0: dang it because you know that was when we were, we were talking about my prediction on Friday, and I was terribly off because I had the Chiefs winning twenty four to twenty. I expected a blowout. I mean, a,
2: a high scoring affair. Yeah, I think I was and technically clearly, closer.
8: Clearly,
0: clearly that shootout that I envisioned did not develop.
2: <laughs> why but, did you not believe in Patrick Mahomes?
0: But but your you know when you guys asked me you know why I mean my why was because one of these team has Patrick Mahomes and the other team doesn't. Yep. And and even though I I, I mean hey there were once again. Travis Kelsey made some uh, at least three plays that will be on the highlight reel during yeah. his gold jacket induction ceremony.
11: Yeah. Um,
0: uh, uh, Legereus Sneed made a play that if it doesn't add $3 million on average per year <laughs> to his next contract, there's just no sense in, in capitalism. <laughs> um, I mean, other than that, I mean, the biggest difference between these two teams is that one had Patrick Mahomes and one had Lamar Jackson, and, Hey Lamar Jackson, MVP of the 2023 season. I have no problem with that. That would be who I would vote for. And I think he had the best season. Better quarterback today was Patrick Mahomes because he threw 39 passes, and I don't think any one of them was a mistake.
13: Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. obviously doesn't make any turnovers, but nine incompletions, and I mean, I'm guessing here that probably a half dozen of the incompletions were uh, throwaways. Um, I know he had an incompletion to Richie James that was probably about six inches behind him. He had an incompletion, I think, to Noah Gray, to Justin Watson that was maybe a foot in front of him. Um, I think Noah Gray had an incompletion that was, you know, maybe not completely on target. Yeah, that was the
2: bad. That one was low. That was low. I mean,
13: but...
0: There you go. We got one. I
7: mean,
0: okay. So, (laughs) you know, he had 39 passes. 36 of them were on target exactly where they needed to be, and three of them you know, we're maybe a combined three feet away from being completion. <laughs> maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, um, his decision making and execution in the playoffs has just been extraordinary. And this was another one of those days.
2: I want to go ahead and circle back around. I said I think that the mistakes in all of it were kind of the second biggest story to me. And I think maybe third might be all of that. I mean, just and it, making Patrick Mahomes the third story point is also in and of itself kind of silly. But this Chiefs defense, man... I no, I didn't see a single prediction anywhere on the internet that the Ravens were going to score ten points in this game. And I have been so bullish about this Chiefs defense, like it is the reason that they have gotten to this point, and that there have been games. We early in the year, I asked, you know, how long is it going to be before the Chiefs defense like flatly wins them a game? And it was all of arguably week two before that actually happened. I think I may have asked that in week one. Now here we are, in a ten-point performance against the Ravens both in addition to and because of those turnovers, two turnovers in the red zone, the strip sack as well. They they have a 3-0 turnover margin, and this game is unbelievable. Uh, go ahead and just wax poetic to me about what this Chiefs defense has done. And then also, if you want to put it in the context of what this season has been for Steve Spagnuolo and that Chiefs defense, I, I think you'd be well within your rights to.
0: Yeah, and I think you could absolutely... Uh, make a case for you know nine guys being the the best you know defensive player today. I mean, yeah. if you had to give an MVP a game ball, whatever to the defense, I mean, you could pick from almost anybody. Um, it, it, certainly, Lejarius Need had what will be the, the play that I think everybody remembers. Yeah. Um, knocking that ball from Zay Flowers' hands was amazing. Um, you know, hey, he got beat by Zay Flowers just a couple of plays before that. He, he hey, but in the long run, he had the last laugh. So to me, that's a, that's a Lejarius Need win. But look at the others. Justin Reed has a huge third down sack that absolutely you know brutalizes and ends a Ravens drive. Charles Minnehue forces a fumble. George Karloftis recovers it. Um, Trent McDuffie you know, falls on, the, on that fumble that Le'Jarius Speed caused. Deion Bush with the interception. Um, Trishon Wharton with just absolutely one of the most athletic plays that I've ever seen on, on Lamar Jackson to stop him short of the, the for the first down. A big, big play. I mean, all of these were, and those fit in my category of these were 50-50 plays that Mm -hmm. if you don't make, you know, if you don't make maybe make all of them, I mean, maybe you could have gotten away without making one or two, but, I mean, you might have had to need all of them to win this game, and the Chiefs did. And, once again, I mean, we're talking about most of the biggest plays being on defense. Um, Certainly, hey, like I said, there were three highlight real plays that Mahomes and Kelsey made that absolutely should be played for the next – Thirty years, but this team won because of defense, and everybody was making plays. I mean, I I can't point to. I mean, the worst play on the field all day might have been poor Leo Chanel and yep. Drew Tranquil just whiffing on a couple of sacks. But then again, I mean, I I don't even know how Lamar escaped both those things. Right. So I you gotta sometimes, sometimes the other guy makes play, and he did on those plays.
2: Yeah, I mean, Tranquil just straight up went over him, and again to your what you just said. That's a Lamar Jackson play, and there aren't a lot of guys that do that, and you can't just be like, ah, oh, you know, he gets you sometimes. But when we're talking about that happening like twice, it really, really punished them once, which was the Chanel one that you mentioned, I and mean, he escapes the air and does the, the voodoo magic that uh, occasionally MVP caliber quarterbacks do. But we we are finding individual moments of the Chiefs defense being less than perfect and Patrick Mahomes being less than perfect, and, and that is in and of itself – Absolutely outrageous! Uh, is there is there anything else from the Steve Spagnuolo side and the in Spags We Trust shirts and what they were able to do schematically without Willie Gay out there that, that stood out to you?
0: Uh, you know, it was it was funny to me because you know Mike Dana broke out that in Spags We Trust line when when I asked him about you know giving up scrambles mm-hmm. Jason's point in question about you know not giving up positive scrambles to quarterbacks when they blitz. And I don't know what the blitz percentage was today. It felt like every play. Um, you know, I mean, I know uh, Nate Taylor. I think asked uh, last meet about how many coverages they played today, and he's like, yeah. maybe two. Yeah,
2: I was. Uh, that was not the number you know, I was expecting.
0: <laughs> it's like, you know, oh, we played zero, and you know, and most of the time when you know, hey, you play zero, you're gonna you're gonna bring a bring blitzer. So, I mean, they did blitz a lot today. I love to see. I can't wait to see the percentage on it. I haven't seen it yet. But they went after this guy. And, and yet, you know, there, there weren't open receivers. They made good plays. They made tackles. I mean, uh, and I think that all comes back to the way that Spags has, has taught his team. Certainly give credit to Veach in the front office because they've gotten Spags, the players that he wants that fit his system. And you see now what can happen when you give a coordinator, a, a coach the caliber of, of expect no, though you give him exactly what he wants and what he needs.
2: Then the game essentially ends. I think the way we all expected it to. Again, going back, you know, eight or so weeks back, with uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing a deep ball to Marquez Valdez Scantling, we, we were all comfortable with that, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, the only thing I guess that would have been more appropriate would be if you know,
2: Kadarius Tony was you know still playing, and he
0: was the one that caught a pass. But uh, for 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 for. But for for, for MVS to have had the season that he had and how it just all started and everything and then to make the three plays that he's made the last two games, I mean, how could you not be happy for the guy? I mean, this has to have been the most difficult year of his career, and he has tried to put a happy face on it, no much no matter how hard people have not wanted him to. Um, he's tried to smile through it, even though people would be much more you know happier if he just went around Picking puppies, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, rather than you know, just just face the face the music. Mm. But you know, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, he's had a rough season. His teammates have been behind him, and you've routinely heard this year, "Hey, the reason why we're sticking behind MVS is because he works hard, and we know that he's going to make a play for us."
2: Well, he's made
0: three the last two games, and that one was a huge one today.
2: This offense right now feels like it's built out of three weapons, and then you just you, you need a couple of those moments from everybody else, and, and they got it again today. Uh, last thing then here, Matt, do you have, right now we, we are knotted up at 24. Brock Purdy, has, I think, has gotten sacked two plays in a row here. The, the Niners probably end up having to settle for a field goal, and that, that'll be all uh, well and good. But um, narratively or, or anything that calls to you right now to get your final hope in for uh, Niners or Lions, because I don't think we had that discussion one time this week because I wasn't thinking about the Super Bowl. I was thinking about the AFC Championship game.
0: I mean, I think it only just comes down to uh, do you want 95% of America rooting <laughs> against you or 90% of America rooting against you? I mean, if the Lions are the team, I, there's no one outside of Chiefs' kingdom that will be rooting for the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean,
2: nobody. Even some, of, even some of the Swifties are going to be 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? How dare and, you? They, we've adopted all of them. They're in the kingdom.
0: And, you Everybody know, else, I mean, if it's if, it's, if it's the Chiefs and the 49ers, I mean, there'll be plenty of people who will be like, yeah, the Chiefs have won all the time, and the 49ers got beat last time. They deserve one, even though, you know, they've won like six Super Bowls 40 years ago. Yeah. Uh, there'll be people who are like, yeah, they haven't won anything lately, so let's root for the 49ers. Um, the Chiefs could be the villain. So embrace it. I I think that the villain role and the – I don't even know that they'll necessarily be – I think the Chiefs will be an underdog against the 49ers. I don't think they would necessarily be one against the Lions. Yeah. Um, But, hey, if it is the 49ers and the Chiefs are both the underdog and the villain, I I, 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 I think there's an old line that just says, hey, if people think that you're a villain, the best thing about it is that you can knock over people and nobody's going to care. So – you know, that's what the Chiefs can do. And you know that Patrick Mahomes and Jason, Jason, Travis Kelsey, love being the underdog and the villain. So I think they would absolutely relish it because this gives given the opportunity to go out there and try to prove all the haters wrong.
2: I'm going to be there for it either way. Matt, I appreciate it. And I am very happy to say we will talk to you in two weeks. Uh, in two weeks? we got a whole week off and everything. I mean, you the zone, this is the post-game show. We, in this instance, means the post-game show. Not Sports Radio 810 or me as a human being or Dylan or Jason. Well, what? I think
0: you, me, and Dylan need to get together and just talk next Sunday on our own. I mean, even if it's just for an exhibition.
2: I was thinking about doing a Pro Bowl games post-game show. I know it's going to be kind of difficult because there are a lot of games and stuff, but if they're still doing flag football, uh, why don't you just drive in, drive in studio? We'll watch the games here and we'll go live after.
4: You know, there were there was
0: a lot of good lines I heard uh, during the postgame show here over at KSHB, and I hope I'm not telling any tales out of school, but uh, definitely I think my favorite line was when uh, it looked like the Chiefs had clinched the game and uh, TV's Mick Schaefer said that uh, the Ravens had just punched their ticket for the Pro Bowl.
2: <laughs> I was just going to I was gonna dismount by saying, look, we could do the postgame, uh, but uh, obviously we won't be able to talk about any Chiefs players. However, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen should be there.
0: That's right. They should be able to participate in the uh, the dodgeball and whatever nonsense they have at the Pro Bowl these days.
2: Listen, I, I'm sure they'd both be incredible Pro Pro Bowl games uh, competitors and athletes. But I'm uh, I'm happy to to be able to, to not tune in to watch the Chiefs play in those games, which something I've only had to do one time in the last five years, which is also insane.
0: It will be very exciting to tune into the Pro Bowl games to see uh, how fast that uh, Tyree Kill can outrun his divorce
2: lawyers. <laughs> Thank you, Matt.
0: Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Take care, my (laughs) friends.
2: This is Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. 41 is the Mike podcast with Nick Jacobs. You may have seen him on your television on KSHB 41 tonight and their post-game action. But this here is the Sports Radio 810 WHB post-game show. We're going to take a break. Here's what's going on right now. The Niners are up by three at home. They just kicked a field goal with about 10 minutes left, and the Lions will get the ball back. We are going to come back, wrap things up, and then we're going to get you to San Francisco for the final, at least half of that fourth quarter, hopefully even more than that. But also, this is looking like a game that has a chance to see overtime, and if that happens as well, we're going to bring it to you right here on your home for the NFL, Sports Radio 810, WHB.
3: Safety blitz and Spags keeps blitzing and blitzing again. Unbelievable, coming after again. Just watch. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Go ahead. Here comes from the other side too. And now all of a sudden, Hill wasn't ready and prepared to block him.
2: Couldn't even get a field goal out of that drive after that sack. A defensive masterclass by Steve Spagnuolo and the Kansas City Chiefs defense. That is the story of this game, 17-10. to 10, The Chiefs win the AFC Championship and head back to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years. Now, here's what we're going to do. The Lions are already in field goal range in San Francisco. They just had a flea flicker end zone shot that was dropped in the end zone. It is 27-24 in San Fran. So, we are going to put a bow on this show. If you missed any of it, including all the post game interviews, all the audio that we got and played for you, our conversation with Matt Derrick, your calls, breaking it all down, all of that will be up on the Sports Radio 810 podcasts page. You can check that out online and in the app if you want to hear that post game energy. But now it's time for us to step aside so you can hear who it's going to be that the Kansas City Chiefs match up with in two weeks in Las Vegas because the Kansas City Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl. Enjoy this time, enjoy these weeks, Kansas City, and enjoy the conclusion of the NFC Championship game right here on your home for the NFL, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Bye, Mom.